Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. If you really want to be one of the best brewers there is... I stopped uh, dressing all in plastic. You better be brewing five to six times a week. A beer, every beer, is made with love, and it begs to, to be appreciated. I need something to kill the salmonella I'm kind of worried about in the eggs. Do you find that uh, that the hops kind of clash with the uh, chicken embryo you put in there? <laughs> well, I might sleep here tonight. It's a California <laughs> king. There's plenty of room for both of us, Beavis. Yeah. How many of the brewers over there have seen your ass? That's it. Someone's getting cut tonight. All yeah. I have to say is, hey, McDowell, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no. Live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Good day, everybody. Welcome to The Session Show. The Um, Session Show. The Session Show that we do. Thing. Once session, a week. session cast. Mm. I'm your host, Justin Crosley, and joining me today, we've got Jason J.P. Petros and Beardy. Just Beardy. <laughs> First and last name. Of course, we got Bevo in studio as well, in her own studio. Hi. She's hanging out with us today. Tasty's still on a little uh, hiatus. More like a low hiatus, because he's shorter than me. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So uh, we do have a great show for you anyway, though, even though there's just a couple of us in here, because we got the Guinness Open Gate Brewery and Barrel House from Baltimore, Maryland on the program, which uh, that's exciting stuff. Feel like I'm very excited about it. Like they sent us a bunch of their beer. We're gonna try the uh, you know some of the classics. We got Guinness Draft and Extra Stout. We'll do a little side by side. You have to do the classics when you're talking to Guinness. Yeah. Anybody related to the company, you have to do the classics. I agree. I agree. And um, yeah, then we're gonna try a couple of their new ones too, which is exciting stuff. I like seeing a, a, a iconic brewery like that. 
you know, jumping in with some new stuff. Yeah, invading another country. Yes. And then starting a new brewery. Right. Yeah. yeah. The Irish are really well known for invading America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the second invasion, at least. Right. Uh, so that should be some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to do that. Yeah, you almost have to as like a re- like you know, one of the oldest <laughs> brands out there. You have to sort of push forward with the market. And yeah. I've had the Guinness Blonde. Which is really good. Mm. That's the only new kind of Guinness beer that I've had, but mm-hmm. uh, everything else sounds great. I, yeah. I hear a lot of good stuff about what they're doing, and it, uh, I agree, it is good. You know, because you don't want to see an old brand just go stagnant. Like, for no. example, like Newcastle Brown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, 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 they're changing yeah. that point, but it's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? right. Or uh, didn't what what just got sold? It wasn't some old Fuller's. Oh. Yes, Fuller's just got sold off. Oh, that's and it's a like, bummer. Yeah, yeah, because I and I wonder if it's because they weren't innovating as much as they should have been mm-hmm. or whatever. But uh, Guinness is uh, near and dear to my heart. And my no. first uh, legal beer was a keg of Guinness for my birthday. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, I'm uh, wait, wait, wait. Really excited about that. The first beer you had was a whole keg. The first beer that I bought, my first legal beer that I purchased on my 21st birthday, okay, was, was a, a, keg. a full keg of Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> wow, like a half? No, like a full keg again, like a 13. I meant a half barrel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Actually, my first legal beer was Guinness also. Twinsies. Yeah. Right. Interesting. My birthday is St. Patrick's Eve. So it was like, hey, first beer is Guinness. And we're doing car bombs in the yard until we don't wake or pass out. Wow. How long did that take? Uh, a few six packs, and then we woke up the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> along nice. with an empty bottle of Jameson. God damn. I love those. Now, did yeah. you already had a kegerator at 21, JP, uh, or did I, you just put it on a, in a bucket? I had a jockey box. No, it was, no it, was a, um, it was a hand pump at that point. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Were you already working for, were you working for more beer at 21? E- yes. Yeah? <laughs> Trying to think. When was a I long time for him. Uh, 40-something years ago? <laughs> yeah, that's right. 20 I years for, ago? I forget, man. Well, I'm 41 now. Jesus, it's I 2019. So, when so were you 21? 99. 99, I was... 21. I had just started working for more beer, yeah. So you might have been there already. Or maybe, do you, yeah. So do you think... Well, do you remember this? Like, do you remember working for more beer before you were of legal drinking age? I don't know. Yeah. To be completely honest, I have no idea. I don't think so. I think I may have started in '99 anyway. Yeah. Okay. I'm not very smart, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Where, I don't know if you. I don't know where you think I got this information from. <laughs> right. I just you know interesting to know. Yeah. Had a keg already. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. Had a party and then the. Uh, I think it was a kegerator. Now did you think about it, it? Did you? Oh, okay. Because the CO2 ran out. Okay. And we couldn't figure out how to get the rest of the beer out. So you didn't have a hand. That's, that's my next question. Yeah. Like if you had a hand pump and then you drank stale beer for the next week. No. If you didn't, if you ran out. No. But, you, but you ran out of CO2, like ran in out. the middle of the party? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And couldn't continue serving the beer? No, no. That's a faux pas, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I know. Did you just send people to the store for more beer? I don't remember. That's a big fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine you're, you up. throw your first kegger and you can't even <laughs> serve the beer well, after a I, while. Well, I think we, it, we, we, we got pretty good pretty far i think there were maybe only a couple of gallons left in the thing so it was it was well into the evening at this point okay oh, i do remember is also serving guinness with co2 you were doing it wrong yeah already. but what am i gonna do oh yeah <laughs> like it was it like the nitro guinness no no yeah. no yeah yeah it's just, yeah perfectly draft guinness but you know at that point you're 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 gonna you know you're gonna kill it in the whole entire night you're gonna try so it's not gonna matter but does you're it, just pushing it out and it pours properly like a guinness if you're pushing it on co2 
I can't remember, dude. I, I wonder. It, uh, that you can just lower the pressure. Yeah. But it is just going to carbonate it. Because more. really, if, if you don't have the diffusion, well, right. we can ask Ryan. We talked to him. But if you don't have the little diffuser in the nitro thing, yeah. that doesn't strip essentially the nitrogen out which you know and then the, uh, and the co2 out which is what you see the the cascading head right right so you know it'll just pour i think it'll pour just fine i see yeah just but it just won't pressure. look cool yeah right okay well we're going to be talking to ryan wagner who's a guinness brewery ambassador from the guinness open gate brewery and barrel house in baltimore maryland like i said so i'm excited about that uh and then of course speaking of more beer more beer is, is bringing you this session as they do everyone and more beer wants to change your malt game with viking malt hailing from northern europe viking malt is a family-owned malt house since 1883 and is the largest specialty malt producer in the world their base malts are malted from null locks varietals that don't contain the enzyme lipoxygenase, which, of course, leads to trans 2 nonanol in beer, which is responsible for those stare stale cardboard <laughs> flavors, dummy. I can never yeah. get a full one in. Uh, so head over to morebeer.com and brew with ingredients from the future. And while you're there, do us a favor and thank them for supporting this show for so many years because I dare say we wouldn't be here without them. So very good people over there. Well, I'll get through a few announcements, uh, some important ones, too. Um, and, of course, announcements are brought to you today by Drake's Brewing Company, my favorite. Uh, you can go to drinkdrakes.com and check it out. Uh, what a lineup of beers. And I got an upcoming event if you're up in the North Bay here in California. In Santa Rosa, they're doing a beer tasting and food pairing at Belly Left, Belly Left Coast Kitchen and Tap Room. That's on Wednesday, April 10th. Uh, like I said, beer tasting and food pairing with drakes and chef gray there who's been seen on the on food networks chopped will be creating a six course meal paired with up to six different drakes beers uh drakes brewmaster john galuli will be in attendance uh, for this exclusive event so go on over to drinkdrakes.com, click on their events page and uh go to belly left coast kitchen for that dinner sounds, that sounds good dude. sounds tasty doesn't it six courses let's go yeah it's a lot six chances to to, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> to put something in your mouth. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. All right. Don't forget to check out all of our new shows, uh, Shine Runner Craft Marketing, Hop and Brew School Podcast, and Heads and Tails. Uh, Entre Cervezas, our Spanish-speaking podcast. Uh, go over and check out those new shows. All right. Here's an important one. Spring Brews Festival. Our 10th anniversary is this Saturday, March 30th, 2019. And tickets are on sale. The early bird discount tickets are just about sold out. So tell your friends. If they don't get them today or tomorrow, uh, that's probably they're going to have to spend a little more cash on the uh, on the late bird ticket. So uh, get your early bird tickets; uh, it saves you ten bucks, and and they're almost gone. Uh, I'm really looking forward to an exciting year. We've got uh, just over sixty craft breweries that are pouring, and it's really a great lineup. I think one of our best ever. Uh, also. If we're lucky, I don't know, I'm checking the weather every day. Right now it's looking pretty stellar, so let's hope that keeps working out. Uh, but either way, the event is rain or shine. We're going to be hanging out drinking beer no matter what. So come on out to that. Uh, it's right here in Concord, California. And, um, you know, change your plans. Come if you Absolutely. haven't bought your tickets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have something to do. No, 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 now no you, you don't. don't. I Actually, was planning on going, so I guess I'll change my plans. There you go. Well, change your plans and then go to the Spring Fest. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. in the just weird loop of you can't leave the house because you're canceling your plans to leave the house so you can go leave the house. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll see you guys Saturday. Maybe. 
It's our 10th anniversary, and I'm really excited, but I'm really proud of this event. And the brewers around the Bay Area and beyond, they all love it. We have to turn brewers away because we don't have room. Uh, All of the brewers actually come out to hang out with you. Uh, You can talk with them while they pour you beer. And uh, I'm really proud of how the community has adopted this event. And uh, I dare say it really is one of the best in the Bay Area, if not the best. It's a damn good event. I'll say it. It's the best in the Bay Area. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. All right. Subscribe and join the BN Army. That gives you a chance to win $100 into the More Beer Monthly Donation Giveaway. Plus, it supports this podcast and keeps us on the air, keeps food on our plates, uh, keeps us bringing all the great programming that we're allowed to do here. Um, So uh, sign up, and for as little as $2 a month, uh, you get entered more. The more you enter, uh, the more you spend, uh, rather. And, um, yeah, it's just a great way to support us. Plus, you get our Brewing Network monthly newsletter, which um, keeps you up to date on what's happening. All right. Get, uh, go sign up for our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You get some cool stuff over there. And, of course, send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. We love to hear from you there, and we read your feedback on the air. So don't expect a written uh, response, but um, we do read it here on the air and respond to you that way. So uh, we love to hear from you. All right. What do you think, JP? Do we have a Twitter game today? Yeah, dude. Why not? I thought we might. Uh, Twitter game is brought to you today by Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company. Neshaminy Creek Brewing has been... Brewing award-winning beers in Croydon, Pennsylvania since 2012. They're the proud winners of four Philly Beer Scene Magazine Awards for Brewer of the Year and three for Brewery of the Year. Uh, They've won a bunch at the GABF. Uh, they got a big-ass tap room with 24 beers on tap, 18 of which are rotating and seasonal limited beers. Uh, they got a variety of styles from hoppy double IPAs, IPAs to sessionable and poundable lagers, even oak-fermented saisons and sour beers. If you can't make it to Croydon, don't worry, hit up their second location in Jenkintown called the Borough Brew House, which features a full menu and 22 beers on tap, including guest taps. So go check it all out at NeshaminyCreekBrewing.com. And you know what? Thank them for being a sponsor, too, because they've been very good to us, and we appreciate their support. All right, what's our Twitter game? Well, I don't know if you know this, Justin, because you're not really extremely online anymore. I'm not. Yeah. I am, yeah. But uh, there's a lot of... God damn it. What? What happened? Uh-oh. Well, He's got a floater. Fruit fly. I'm Dude, getting drunk in my beer. Just pound it. No, I was almost, it was enjoying it too, and there's only like, you know, there was enough for a few gulps, it was going to get me through the segment. Yeah, and now you can't, uh, now you can't deal with it. Free protein. Yeah, that sucks, man. All right, anyway, carry on. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know if we can. I'll be all right. Yeah, let's stop re- the show. I was really disappointed. Can you tell? Like, really yeah. disappointed me. God, press F for pay your respect for uh, Justin's beer. You're being wasteful. It's just, you know, it's, it's uncalled for, really. It's go, rude, to go, be honest. Go find something else to do. Right. Fucking, what are you, part of the DSA now? Fucking fruit fly bullshit. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. Ah. Maybe you should build a wall. I'm going to lose it. Um, you know, I know where you can get more beer. I know, but then that one, what if that one gets the bug in <laughs> and I waste two beers? What do, you, what do you think? Beer grows on trees around here? You should stop. You should just stop drinking beer, then. No. I think that's the answer. JP, don't push me over the edge. <laughs> well, you're close to Don't you do that to him. <laughs> how, how dare I? Carry on. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Twitter games brought to you today by my beer, rest in peace. Yes. 
Shouts out to a real beer. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, resurgence in kind of smaller breweries releasing beer labels and beer descriptors yeah. in a very sexist light. We're back oh, to that again. We we're are? back to 1995. I thought we were moving away from that. So did I, but apparently not. Okay. Um, I can't name any names because um, I forget them because I'm retarded. But right. uh, anyway, it's very inappropriate, and there's been a lot of uproar online, and, and these breweries are actually taking down their Instagram posts. A lot of this is on Instagram now. Okay. They're taking it down and issuing apologies okay. to, to everybody. i got to see some of this. It's pretty good, right? So what I want to know is where's all the male representation in the sexism industry, in the sexism area? When are we going to have uh, labels that are really male-dominated and enhance the male anatomy to sell beer in oh, a way I that females... Instead of having like a, a, a woman with a giant bosom with a tiny bikini that are two little cute hops over the nipples... Right. Or whatever. And then this weird erotic fan fiction of a description. Mm-hmm. Let's do that for the men. So okay. that's the Twitter game. So write me a so, sexist beer label. Sexualized but, men. Right. Sexualized men. Because we, we, we need it overall. First of all, we deserve it. Yeah. Us too. Yeah. Okay. A lot of time we got some confidence. So right. the, the, I hate all of uh, you. Are we asking for names of what uh, this beer would be? You know, it could be names. It could be descriptors. I, I, in my head, I thought mainly descriptors. Just write like a three description, three sentence description, or yeah. whatever you want to do. You can also do uh, uh, images if you want. If you want to draw something, we have yeah. a couple artists in the in the, in the audience. Or uh, names would be fine. All these are going to show up on her Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Great idea. We're going to have yeah. to delete some of these. I think. No, it'll be awesome. It'll be amazing. Okay. Yeah. Is it clear the the description that you wrote that we're talking about, like we're joking about sexism and not being sexist? Is that can you make that clear? Is well, that I, haven't, I haven't posted yet. So what I was going to write is, it sure looks like sexism sexism is making a comeback in the beer label world. But we have to know what about the men? Write me a beer description that really brings the sexism to the male sex or something. I didn't really finish. How about against the male sex? Okay. Uh, I don't know if that brings changes the sexism anything. against. Men shows the sex and and then hashtag just jokes. I don't know. <laughs> like uh, flips the script. Like the oh, only God. thing that I can think of that you would put on a beer label to make it more appealing to mm. like me. Yeah, would be like picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> only if you had a vacuum in your hand, which then is still again sexist to me. Mm, right. How is a vacuum yeah, in what? Justin's hand sexist towards you? Because we no, vacuum. No, no sex can use the vacuum. Is that what you're saying? I'll have you know, I have a robot vacuum, and I no. named it a male name, Sebastian. You are an idiot. I used a vacuum this, this last weekend. I, yeah, I vacuumed on yeah. Sunday. Well, maybe uh, it's just guys. Me. We're not talking about when you go into the closet and try to <laughs> suck yourself with the vacuum. Oh. I mean, I have missing talking one about ball. vacuuming. I, I tore a ball through my scrotum <laughs> vacuuming, but that's a different. What story. else do you use vacuums for? I mean, I don't know. Do you do you think uh, do you think someone would take that as a as like a serious thing? Uh, what? Oh, they, yeah. I don't know. People misinterpret us. We're very misunderstood. Yeah, right. Feel. And which, it, but it's fine. It's which, fine. You know, honestly, it's been fourteen years. Fuck it. Is what a lot of people on Instagram, the breweries that are doing this, are saying. Like we're just misunderstood. Oh so maybe God, now yeah. we're just in the same trap. Adding to it. All right. Well, you know what? I'm happy to have it. Whatever. I care. Good one. Okay. <laughs>
Let's see, let's see what Great. we got. All right. Uh, All right. How about we do some feedback? Let's go. Feedback's brought to you today by the Beer Law Center. You can go to beerlawcenter.com and our good friend John here, you know, takes care of our trademark. He can do the same for you. He can also do your brewery filings and anything else you need him to do, really, in the uh, the, the field of beer law. Go to beerlawcenter.com. All right. Uh, uh, I don't know how to say the name. Uh, Marius or Marius uh, writes in, um, uh, speaking of sexism, as a matter of fact, hey, guys, you know what every broadcaster, podcaster, or whatever have in common? They get feedback from dudes who find something wrong with their female hosts. Uh, and by the way, this was brought up last week that uh, you know someone was asking for more uh, female representation on the yeah. Brewing Network, which I agree, and we've always wanted to have more of that. It's been hard to find talented folks uh, to do that, and, and this is a, a bit against that. However, you know, Bevo's been on the show since like '06, just so you know, and there was a female before that. But I, I still agree, hundred uh, percent. We you know love to have some more female voices here. But uh, according to that, see, uh, shows get feedback from dudes who find something wrong with their female hosts. You know, annoying voices, shrill voices, vocal fry, up speak, uh, what freaking ever. There's always a reason to get these women off the air. And of course, this was in, uh, you know, I had said we that's some of the feedback we have gotten about our, our, our other female uh, hosts who have done the show. Uh, he says, comments like that aren't really about the hosts in question or the co-hosts in question. They're not about talent. Uh, it's basement creatures and old curmudgeons who can't handle the fact that they're being forced to listen to women, Marius says, especially in boys clubs like brewing and other kinds of geekery. You can't let feedback like that stop you from having women on the podcast more often. I love listening to Trill, <laughs> annoying women <laughs> like Shimki and Ernie. So have them on more often, please, and dig up some more of them. Hugs and spankings from Marius or Marius. I don't know that. Forgive me for that. So, all right, listen, just so you know, I'm the one who's a stickler about talent. Now, I think you might be right from some of the feedback about annoying voices and like shrill voices and things like that. But from my perspective, I will say that 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 content is one of the most important things to me. And and when I talk about talent, I am really talking about uh, about content now. I, I would like uh, you know, some more uh, vo- uh, broadcaster-friendly voices in general, and I, and I don't think that excludes women at all, by the way. Uh, no. There's some uh, wonderful voices in radio and podcasting. Um, the, the young lady who does the serial podcast... I just love her voice. Oh, yeah. Her voice is pretty good, dude. And the way her personality comes out across on that podcast, she's mm-hmm. she's very, very good. She's one of the best I've ever heard. I'm jealous at times about her delivery. She's just wonderful. Yeah, what and, the hell? Sarah, Sarah Koenig, Koenig or something? Koenig, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I'm talking about when I when I personally talk about talent. So I'm not, I'm not skirting the fact that I mentioned in last week's show that some of the feedback has been, uh, you know, uh, about the sound of the voice. Uh, so I'm, I will take your advice here. For sure. But that is also the funniest feedback we've gotten is the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it is absolutely ridiculous. And we're just kind of mocking that. I'm so thirsty right now. I just Oh, this really, beer is really oh, good. Yeah. Warren, how's your beer? Just, oh, it's so good. It's you know, nice I'm and wet. I'm just dying for a beer that without a bug in it. No, uh, no don't look over here. Nope. Um, so anyhow, you know, I am always on the lookout for uh, female talent and voices. And I personally do not uh, exclude folks from the show based on the sound of their 
voice. Content is more. And, and, and content, by the way, includes, you know, the way you mesh with the crew here and fit in. And that doesn't mean, by the way, you have to be the same as us. In fact, I think it'd be wonderful if we had someone in here who's, who's very different and likes to make fun of us when we're idiots. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but, Idiot. you know. On the rare occasion. But there's a flow. And uh, anyhow, I just want you to know, uh, Marius, that uh, I will take your uh, uh, input into account. Um, but in my ideal world, I get a I get a wonderfully voiced and knowledgeable woman, much like myself. I'm a knowledgeable woman sometimes. So right, college educated woman. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, thank you for that feedback. I appreciate that very much. Hopefully, that response put this topic to bed once and for all. <laughs> right, right. We will never hear about it. Again. Uh, by the way, I just want you to know I I have been in contact with someone. I do have somebody in mind who's going to come. I think and do some. Uh, not not every podcast, but. Uh, a, a, a lovely voice uh, and, and talented uh, woman who is going to contribute from time to time on the program. Awesome. So I'm excited about that. Wonderful. Okay. Dave writes in, this is about the Secret Trail show. Hey, sure I just finished uh, listening to the Secret Trail episode. Have to say it was one of the best. Great interview. An old-fashioned rant, uh, for me, I assume. And it was awesome to hear stories about how bad the pros screw up. He said, I really loved that segment. Uh, so much so that you inspired me to make some fan art uh, keep up the good work and then he forwarded me the fan art which was a, a, a pencil drawing of me ranting it yeah. was it was lovely it was I, I, nice. I can't show it to you on a podcast but right. maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll tweet make, it. you know i can put an image on the podcast itself so Ooh. like when it shows up in your reader yeah 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 uh, maybe i'll put that as the image for this show because okay. i thought it was it was pretty funny it's pretty good i have some old fan art on the wall from our old friend jake keeler uh, which is just me as a hair person it's yeah. like there's no definition of my body at all except for how hair outlines it right. and uh, i appreciate good uh self-mocking fan art sure or me mocking whatever. caricatures character right. yes so uh dave thank you so much for sending that it made me smile today i appreciate it um Aww. yeah That's yeah, nice. yeah yeah uh, here's one from Andy. Uh, gentleman and lady, I was walking through the grocery store and remembers what you, remembered what you guys were saying about Lagunitas now brewing Newcastle Brown Ale, which, of course, we talked about also last week. Yep. He said the old and the new happened to be sitting next to each other. <laughs> oh, it's already out. Yeah, apparently. He thinks it seems like a pretty confusing marketing plan. They're yeah. right next to each other on the shelf, and the new one doesn't actually say what they changed. Uh, what is also surprised that the original is brewed in Holland, which he says is sad. Couldn't bring myself to buy it and taste one, so who knows what the new trick is. Well, okay, I think you should have bought it if you're going to complain. Right. Yeah, side by side. I, mean, yeah. I guess he's, he's just complaining about the confusing marketing, and that's fair enough. But I would have liked to hear you go, hey, by the way, tasted great or didn't like it or, you know, something like that. Uh, I gotta say, also, I want to see them side by side, too. I'm curious what the marketing does look like. So I'll have right. to go take a look. No. Um, hey, guess a huge shout out. Started listening to BN, blah, blah, blah. Uh, had a few beers on Dr. Homebrew last year. Um, despite this, I just won gold in the IPA category <laughs> at the hey. Blue, Bra- Blue Bonnet Brewer. He says, oh, just yeah. kidding. It's probably JP and Beardy's fault that I won. Uh, I hear them complain about cloudy beer so much that I'm subconsciously unable to brew anything but a clear beer. I got a hold of some tasty IPA, too, and use that as inspiration to make a crystal clear IPA juicy. Huge, he says. Gross. There you go. Apparently, the West Coast IPA, he says, isn't completely dead, just dying a slow and painful death, just like Justin's feet. 
I'll have you know my feet are okay, everybody. I'm okay. They're just okay, or are they doing fine? Are they doing well? <laughs> I think they're better. I, yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Right. I take my B12s. And, okay. uh, it was working. Do you still have to take like 7,000 milligrams? <laughs> no, no. I, I got to reduce. That was only for like the first couple weeks to build yeah. it up, build up the B12 in my system. And then I went back to, this is a while ago, by the way. Then I went back to the doctor for another test of the old liver and the vitamins and my B12 con, uh, uh, content was back in nor- in a normal range. Okay. And uh, the doc had said to me, you know, because there was like numbness and a little pain. She was like, it, it could go away and and your nerves heal themselves or they could not and i don't have numbness or pain anymore so i think i fall in the healed category god bless uh anyway he says thanks for everything don't suck at jp and keep talking beardy from andy oh first of all those are both this bad advice (laughs) not to suck it i agree i was gonna say it but i I agree yeah i'm willing to suck it if it makes beardy stop talking Mm. keep Uh, brewing that clear ipa yeah if I can't have a sip of beer in the next Can you just minutes, tell me just... what number to go get you because I'm drinking a beer, they're drinking a beer. It's just sad. Like, you can have my beer. It's yeah. so we're, sad. We're, we're almost done here. Yeah. Um, but if you want to go get ahead. No, because you got to stop the video when we go to break. So just... I'll get... By the way, Bev, you, you should have just done it. You could have done it four yeah. times. I, I was going to, but I didn't know what to get it. Anything with Anything. a pale ale. I, but there were more than one option. Just, I didn't want to do uh, the wrong thing. Just, now you're just making it worse. Yeah. It's like I'm being teased. It's, it's, <laughs> it feels so close. Well, here, you can have mine. It's a Hefeweizen. God, no. <laughs> All right, well, interesting left. This last email we have is about Hefeweizen, uh, and it's because we were joking about hazy Hefeweizens right. last week. and how be ridiculous. I oh, think right. I was saying how people would change their branding. Well, Tyler writes in, last week's joke about hefe, uh, hazy Hefeweizens isn't a joke anymore. Oh, it's no. a reality. He says, I see that Boulevard Unfiltered Wheat has prominently bolded the word hazy on their beer packaging and even on their website. You guys called it. Breweries are adding hazy to beer names in order to make their products more marketable, which I did say that they would just start calling anything that used to be hazy using that. He says, I find it funny that the description of the beer says distinctively cloudy appearance, but the label (laughs) bolds the word hazy. He does go on to say, for the record, Boulevard Unfiltered Wheat was my gateway craft beer, and I'll continue to enjoy the beer. Um, Tyler says he's also running for the American Homebrewers Association Governing Committee and wanted me to give a friendly reminder for all AHA members to go online and go to homebrewersassociation.org and vote for your governing committee before the polls close on 331, March 31st, which is obviously coming up this week. So uh, go get that done. And thank you for writing in, Tyler. Um, glad to see that the Brewing Network yet again has predicted what's going to happen in the beer world. <laughs> After it already happened. When will world. we ever get the credit we're due? Never. We literally we never changed. will. We've changed everything. Yeah. I'm sick of it. <laughs> it's like there's a bug in my podcast. Yes, but, King. Mm, you so, go, King. It's like a good... We're, we're, we're good. Yes, King. Yes, <laughs> I got my rant, my rant <laughs> shoes on today. Yeah, right. a little uh, sober rants are hard. They yeah. are, yeah. And, <laughs> and at this rate, we're never going to get a drunken one. Right. Yeah. <sighs> you know what the show needs? Mm. Another female. Mm. <laughs> I agree. Can we find one that rants really well? Yeah. No. Oh, then I'll have to fire the person. What if they're better than me at ranting? Ooh. I'll they, never they allow. Probably that. will be. That's yeah. 
Because let's be honest, I want talent on the show, but just below me. I, right. you, I can't be shown up. If somebody comes in here, <laughs> or maybe I could t- I could use the time off. Maybe if someone yeah. does come in and, yes. there and you kind go. of nail it, I don't know. I just want a beer. Justin's glass talent ceiling. Right. They cannot go above that. I feel like your hand was a little too high off the floor in your in your motion for my, for my glass talent. Uh, it's more near where you would sit. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll get my friend I'll get my friend Ted to come to come in. He'll take over for you. He's a radio guy. Okay. He'll do great. Ted doesn't have a vagina though? Um no I mean he, no, but he could. I guess. I Maybe that's part of the stipulation. I feel like when I'm ready to retire yeah. um nowish uh, assuming so will everybody else. A female should take over the show. I think that'd be a wonderful sure. uh, transition. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to a break because we've got a guest waiting for us. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be speaking to Ryan Wagner, who's with the uh, Guinness Open Gate Brewery and Barrel House. So if you'll hang in there for just a couple minutes, uh, we will come back uh, to that. But first, don't forget... Um, about the Brewers Publications books. They're wonderful. Publisher of Goza, which is a, uh, brewing a classic German beer for the modern era by Fal Allen. Visit BrewersPublications.com uh, to order a Goza. Eric just brought me. Eric, my wonderful Salute. GM here at the Hopper Name. Salute to a real a one. What yeah. did you bring me, Eric? What am, uh, uh, the, uh, number three, the... Uh American Pale Ale. From Auburn Ale House. Auburn. An American Pale Ale from Auburn Ale House. Eric, you're a lovely man. Now we he have was to like, should I just get him a beer? And I was like, God, yes. Ah. Salute. Oh, so good. I was about to turn inside out. Oh, my God. If a bug flew in there oh, right now, it'd please. be the best I was really thing hoping. <laughs> give, me a, give me a coaster. Don't so do it, Warren. Warren, do no. not. Warren, uh, do not give him a coaster. I don't want to waste another. Okay. <laughs> uh, put okay. a gross germ-laden coaster on top of the Visit glass. brewerspublications.com today and order a copy of Goza or browse their entire collection of beer and brewing titles. More than 50 in all. all you right. should Goza over there. And order. Shut up. A book today. I gotta find new talent in general. <laughs> I think it's my Jar Jar Binks, dude. You go so you go so over get a book. Where's Kim Shim? You should just mute him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang in there. It's the session, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. 
Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Hey, this is Brendan from Central Coast Brewing. You're listening to the session on the Brewing All right. Hey, welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget I won't. about our wonderful sponsor <laughs> and friends over at White Labs. Pure liquid yeast means better beers, of course, and White Labs boasts the highest concentration of yeast in the industry thanks to their patented FlexCell technology and pure pitch packaging. The yeast contained and delivered using these innovations are propagated in all-grain wort, providing the perfect nutrients for growth and optimal performance. Go over to whitelabs.com slash yeastbank to find the perfect strain for your next beer. And thanks to White Labs for being a sponsor of this program. All right, as as promised, we've got Ryan Wagner from Guinness Open Gate Brewery and Barrel House in Baltimore, Maryland on the line. Hey, Ryan, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Well, you're on East Coast time over there, too, so thanks for staying up to drink beer with us. Oh, no worries, man. i got a black IPA brewed here in Baltimore in front of me, so I'm, uh, I'm in good shape. Oh, perfect. Nice. Keeping that style alive, too. I like that. I haven't seen a good, uh, or I haven't seen any black IPAs in a little while. So that's nice to hear. It's, uh, our, uh, our head brewer, Holly Stevenson, is a big fan of the Black IPA, and I think she'd be the first to tell you that uh, if she has to single-handedly keep it alive, she's going to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, Godspeed to her. Right, uh, Folks, if you want to file, uh, follow along and, and, and look a little deeper into the Guinness Open Gate Brewery, you can go to GuinnessBreweryBaltimore.com and check it out there. Now, Ryan, you're uh, a Guinness Brewery ambassador. Can you, can you tell me what that is and what it is you do? Yeah, it's kind of hard to to, uh, to describe, to be honest with you. So there are nine people in the country that get to call themselves Guinness Brewery Ambassadors. And our job is to, uh, you know, if you kind of whittle it down, it's really to spread the gospel. Um, whether that's uh, dealing with consumers, sales teams, uh, on-premise and off-premise accounts, and, and worrying about training and education, um, media appearances, beer quality, whatever we can do to help make sure that our beer is getting from the brewery, and whether that's in Baltimore or in Dublin, um, making sure that the beer when it arrives in the glass in front of whoever's drinking it is top-notch, and the people that have sold it have told the correct story. 
That's what we're in charge of. That's what we're here to do is to make sure that everybody understands who we are, why we exist, and what the beer is, and why the beer exists. Got it. So I like this I like this description, and I'm going to tell you why. Like a lot of times we don't really like, or, or I should say, request that the marketing side of a brewery comes on the program. But right. the reason I think it's important that this role exists with Guinness is strictly because of your history. Not just telling yeah. a story about how long you've been, but also, and we're going to talk more about this, the fact that you guys have recently decided to start innovating uh, different styles of beers that we maybe uh, didn't use to expect from Guinness. Um, so with that, uh, uh, one quick question. Is is the Baltimore Brewery the only uh, U.S. brewery that you have here? Yeah, not only is it the only U.S. brewery, but it's the first time we've ever purposely built a brewery here in the United States. Um, purposely built is kind of an important distinction. We had a brewery here in the United States from 1949 to 54, uh, but we had taken over an existing brewery that was uh, part of a bottling partner of ours. So this brewery here in Baltimore, uh, we started brewing in September of 2017. The current space we're occupying was opened on August 3rd of 2018. This is the first ever purposely built brewery in the United States. And, uh, yeah, we're we're excited to be the only ones here in Baltimore. Got it. I love that. Did you also sign a a $1 lease for (laughs) a 1,000 years, whatever it was? All right. So first of all, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Give us this. it was 35 pounds a year for 9,000 years. Uh, this one is, uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we're we're brewed in, you know, 50 different breweries around the world. So this is certainly not something new. Uh, but, but what we do here in Baltimore, focusing on innovation, focusing on creativity and, and everything that makes the American beer industry what it is, um, that is unique. And, you know, to be a part of that project for a brewery that's been around for 260-plus years, that served in, you know, 180-plus countries around the world, you know, there's something very unique and very special about that. So uh, for it to be here in in my hometown of Baltimore um, is even, you know, that much more special. I love that. 50 countries. Wow. That's crazy. Now, how much uh, of the beer, how many barrels are you putting out out of Baltimore? And and specifically, I'm kind of wondering, you know, how much of the Guinness beer that I buy here in the U.S. is, is being produced here in the U.S., just out of curiosity. Yeah, so all of the iconic beers that, that people are most familiar with, whether that's Guinness Draft Stout, which is obviously the most uh, the most famous, the one that people are most familiar with. In many cases, the uh, the beer that people assume is the only one we've ever made in 260 <laughs> years, which is obviously not true. Yeah. Um, but all the iconic stouts that people are familiar with, they're still brewed in Dublin. We're okay. not going to brew those here in Baltimore. Uh, you know, we, we hired an amazing brewing team, some of the most talented brewers in the U.S., we didn't want to give them somebody else's recipe and expect them to produce those beers. We wanted to give them the ability to to use their creativity, to use their, uh, the, you know, the background that they have in innovation to create some new and exciting recipes. So the beers that people are most familiar with will continue to come from Dublin. Um, now, in terms of the production that we're doing in Baltimore, most of the recipes that we're coming up with are only available inside of our building, inside of our tap room. Guinness Blonde is the one exception to that rule. Uh, that Blonde Ale is brewed in Baltimore, is sent around the country. We have the ability to brew, uh, I think it's about 700,000 cases, seas. Um, so we, we do have two brew houses on site in Baltimore. One is a 10-barrel pilot system. That's brewing some of those innovation recipes. We also have a 100-hectoliter or 85-barrel, give or take, system. That's brewing all the Guinness Blondes to send across the U.S. So we have the ability to scale up recipes 
to send them out regionally and also nationally. Um, but yeah, right now, the only beer you're going to find outside of our walls uh, that's brewed in Baltimore is Guinness Blonde. So I love that, that you also have that local take uh, and, and providing a big uh, tasting room experience where you're producing so much beer just for the Baltimore uh, region. Yeah, we have to. You know, that that's, that's really the foundation of American craft beer. You know, people want to come in, they want to see what's new, they want to see what's different. Yeah. And um, we certainly have a benefit, and we recognize that. You know, we have this incredible heritage, this incredible history of, of brewing in, in Ireland, um, you know, our brewers in Ireland are some of the best in the world. But what we are able to accomplish here in Baltimore using uh, the knowledge and, again, the creativity of our brewing team here is to create things that people would never expect from Guinness, right? Wow. Most people around the world, most people especially in this country, are convinced that not only are we just one beer, but that we couldn't possibly brew anything else. How dare we, yeah, you know, in many, in many circumstances. So uh, to give our brewers the charge of, hey, anything you can come up with, anything you can dream up, we're going to let you brew up. Uh, and when people come into our brewery, they may have a brief moment of seeing Guinness draft and seeing Guinness blonde and wondering who could have possibly come up with the other recipes we brewed. But then as soon as we explain, hey, guys, these beers are made right here. Our brewing team is creating uh, these recipes, and they're creating some of the most innovative-based things that we can come up with. Sure, uh, People are willing to come along on that ride with us. Now, let me ask you this. Are any yeah. of your brewers in Ireland, you know, brewing the, the stuff we know and love, jealous about the American brewers who get to kind of, you know, stretch their creative wings, or are they kind of like, leave that to those weirdo Americans? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? I don't know. Uh, but what I will say is this. I mean, we've long been innovation brewers, you know, I mean, yeah. dating back to 1759 to the very foundations of Guinness. You know, I think most people would be surprised to learn that for the first 40 years we existed as a brewery, we were brewing pale and amber ale. You know, that's what we were doing. We didn't come up with dark beer and start brewing dark beer until 1798 or 99. I didn't know. So that. our brewers in Dublin are, are constantly innovating. They're constantly pushing the boundaries of, of uh, brewing techniques and ingredients and processes and all those things. So I don't think there's any jealousy. I, I do think that there is um, excitement in yeah. terms of the sharing of information and the sharing of recipes and, and lessons learned and all those sort of things. So we're excited to learn from the brewers in Dublin. I think they are excited to learn from uh, from the, uh, the the boundaries that are being pushed by our brewers here. Um, and, you know, to be a part of, again, 260 years of brewing heritage, there's nothing quite like that anywhere else in the world. Sure. So we're going to take advantage of that to the best of our abilities. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, our brewers and, and the brewers in Dublin are, are constantly going to have those lines of communication open. Okay. When they uh, built the new brewery in Maryland, did they kind of copy the types of equipment and the way the brewery worked to what's in Ireland to that kind of uh, increase the, the layers of communication so that way they were talking the same language when making No, I, you know, I <laughs> Well, aside from the fact that we have a 100 hectoliter brewery, which here in the states people are like, "What? What is that? What's a hectoliter?" Uh, so, you know, there's there's going to be a, a little bit of that, you know, mathematical equation to it. But no, I mean, we worked with um, we worked with GEA Gaia for our 100 hectoliter system, um, and we also, uh, you know, we we wanted to make sure that we had the highest quality products, we had the highest quality um, brewing equipment, um, and our brewers really led the way with that. You know, we were blessed to have people like Peter Weens. Uh, like Holly Stevenson kind of leading the way for us. Um, and I think what was what was really smart by the people at Guinness was to bring those guys in and to say, you know, what do we need? 
what do you guys need to brew the beer that we expect you to brew? Um, and by letting them kind of guide that conversation and guide the build out, we ended up with a system that we're very proud of and, and a system that's creating uh, some pretty amazing beers so far. Why did you guys choose Baltimore as a spot? Oh, man. How long do we have, man? I tend to wax pretty poetic about this. So uh, I'm a Baltimore kid, born and raised. Okay. Uh, this is a, a town that's very special to me. Um, my family is from here. I grew up here. I was born here. Um, so there are a few reasons. Some of them, some of them are practical. Uh, so we already had this site. It was part of Diageo's portfolio. Uh, and Diageo, for those that may not know, is the company that Guinness is the beer partner of. It's the company that we founded back in 1996. Um, and so for its entire existence, this site dating back to 1933 has been a distillery. It began as Maryland Distilling right after the repeal of Prohibition. It eventually turned into uh, Calvert Whiskey, and then after that it was Seagram. Seagram became a part of Diageo's portfolio in 2001, and so we were familiar with this site and what it was going to take to create what we've created there. Um, now, in addition to that, we are a mile and a half away from a major airport. We are five and a half miles away from a major shipping port in Baltimore, the Baltimore Inner Harbor. Um but what I think is more important than that, we are part of a community that has an incredible food scene, uh, a growing and vibrant beer scene that's very young and, and very uh, very innovative. And Baltimore is full of a lot of blue-collar people, man, who yeah. really care about the things that belong to them. And when Guinness brought me on, uh, one of the things that I mentioned was, you know, you couldn't have picked a better space because the people of Baltimore, if we continue to do the things that Guinness has done throughout its entire existence, you know, if we if we take care of the community, if we go to bat for the people that live and work here and the people that live and work for us, um, the people of Baltimore and, and this community at large are going to go to bat for us. They're really going to step up to the plate. And we've seen that over the course of, you know, just seven months being open or eight months being open. We're at 250,000 people through the gates, and most of those people wow. are local. Wow. Um, now, the flip side of that, is the minute that we don't follow up on those promises, they're never coming back. <laughs> we, we're a very proud group here. Uh, you know, we're we're very uh, we're very yeah we're we're very loyal. Um, but I think that Guinness has done an amazing job, and, and I'm proud to be a part of um, really stepping up to the plate in terms of this community. We've raised funds for the Maryland Food Bank, for the Oyster Recovery Partnership, for the Baltimore Office of Promotion and Arts. Um, we're doing our very best to give back to this community, and the community in return is gonna is gonna show up for us. Good Lord, Ryan. It, it, I'll tell you what, not only do I want to move to Baltimore after that, but I feel like, Ryan, you, if you ever want to run for governor or mayor of, of Baltimore, <laughs> you're, uh, you love that. You're in good shape, man. Those yeah. people are going to vote for you. Look, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm passionate, man. You know, I, I care very much about this city. I care very much about um, what we built here. Yeah. And you know, with, you know there, there's, this, uh, there's this line of thinking, and, and I understand it, especially when you're talking about the American craft beer scene. Um, that Guinness is a big corporation. You know, we're, again, served in 180 countries. We're brewed at 50 different breweries around the world. Hmm. And so I understand that there's some hesitation about something that is as big as we are and has the heritage that we do. But if you come to our brewery, you know, and if you sit down at the bar and talk to the staff that cares so very much about the beer that we're producing and, and about the service that they're providing and about the, the experience that they're giving people. And if you talk to Holly or Sean or Peter or Todd or J-Rod, the people that are making these beers that are being put down in front of you, um, it's hard to not understand that this is a very local project, that this yeah. is something that means a lot to the people that are there every day. Um, 
And and I think that that shines through not only in the beer but in the experiences that we create. I love it. That is a really good point because for all my years of, of drinking, which you know, twenty legal years, yeah, uh, they've been Guinness has has always been there. It was like I said, it was my first legal beer, right? And uh, yeah. I've kind of grown up essentially drinking Guinness. You know, hearing stories about them going to you know bars and making sure people are pouring Guinness properly, and you're always kind of on the hunt for the fresh Guinness, and it's always nice to see. It's almost refreshing to see a Guinness on tap anywhere because it yeah. doesn't you don't really see it at least I, I never really did all that often but you you look at other mass produced I guess quote unquote beers or larger you know beers from larger companies and it doesn't have that same kind of feel the same mystique the same legendary yeah, yeah there's a ton of there's a ton of rumors maybe we should maybe we should dispel some of those but uh, but it's also just you know that they care about their beer mm-hmm. because they they pay people to go out and train people how to pour their beer properly yeah I feel like who, that who could you be that your I feel from? like that you, that should be your your next job, JP. I would is, probably uh, get fired for being too control. good at it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Right. I love that. Well, what I mean, if, if you guys want to dispel, uh, dispel myths about Guinness, we can do that all night. But I mean, no, I agree with you, right? I mean, part of the reason why we built this brewery here in Baltimore, here in the United States, was to give the U.S. a cultural home, you know, for Guinness. Something that spoke to the fact that we have been delivering beer to the United States for more than 200 years. This is a friendship that extends back centuries. You know, and there are 6 million people in Ireland, 6 million Irish in Ireland, and 35 million Irish Americans here in the United States. This is something that is incredibly meaningful. And so to give that audience and to give uh, craft drinkers, because, you know, you guys started to talk about this, and I think it's incredibly important. Guinness Draft, uh, in particular, is a beer that speaks to that craft audience. Whether you're drinking craft beer, whether you're a brewer of craft beer, whatever your association is with that craft world, Guinness Draft sort of is involved in that conversation yeah. um, and has been for a long, long time. I agree. So to create a cultural home and, and, a, and a home for all of our heritage and all of the meaning that we provide uh, was so, so important. I'm glad that, that they were able to do that here in Baltimore. Sure. Now, you, you, you mentioned Irish-Americans, and uh, I'm from the East Coast originally myself, so I have to ask, there's a large Irish-American population, probably the largest on, on the East Coast there, in New England, uh, certainly New York, and and I'm being serious here. Do, do you think that had anything to do with the decision to open a brewery on the East Coast? Oh, I, you know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I, I do agree with you. I mean, even in Baltimore, you know, we have the only. Uh, this is kind of a deep cut for you, but we have the only Irish railroad workers museum in the country oh, that's nice. here in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, so we're very proud of our Irish heritage here in Baltimore. I mean, heck, I'm, I'm a part of it as well. My family has Irish heritage. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly a densely populated uh, uh, Irish community on the East Coast. Sure. I think that that's part of it. I also think that we are closer to our uh, historic home in Dublin by being here on the East Coast. Sure. And... You know, just just again, the the benefits of being in Baltimore, you know, there are 40 million people, give or take, who can have breakfast at their house, hop in their car, drive down and have lunch with us at the brewery. I mean, that's an amazing place to be in the world. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, you know, Irish heritage uh, is is a part of the American community in just about every part of this country. Yeah. Um, You know, and, and on March 17th, which was just a week ago. 
everybody, every single person in this country claims that they're Irish. That's right. Uh, so it's, it's an amazing place to be. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, there, there is certainly a, a high percentage of people on this part of the world this part of the coast that um, will, are very proud of their Irish heritage. Yeah, and of course, I'm not saying like, like that was a decision maker. I just, <laughs> you know, if I'm Guinness, though, I'm thinking about that. I'm For like, sure. you know, you know, how not just how does it maybe help us as a company uh, to have uh, a population that's close to our own heritage and Which our own roots, but not just to. A, to Maybe even more so to pay homage to to Irish Americans. So it would be less like, oh, we need the support, and more like, you know what? I bet you there's a bunch of Irish Americans who would love it if we opened on the East Coast. It's just a, it's one of the highest densities of that population. So that's yeah. all I meant. Um, well, and, and you know, even even more than that, and I think that this is something that people may not necessarily know or or may overlook. Um, between here in D.C., there's also a massive population of expats from uh, from West Africa from the Caribbean, places that are incredibly familiar with Guinness because Guinness has been a part of the fabric of those communities for decades now. I mean, the third brewery we ever built in the world was in Lagos, Nigeria. So take advantage of of not just the Irish-American population, but just the melting pot uh, nature of this part of the world. Between Baltimore, D.C., Philly, New York, um, there is an incredibly diverse culture here. And all of those cultures for the most part, are familiar with Guinness. And so to give them a place to come and celebrate the things that they have been proud of for uh, for decades, I, I think that that's incredibly beneficial to us. You're right. You're right. What kind of party did you guys throw on March 17th? Big-ass uh, one. The um, I, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's still now, happening. That's because, oh. that's because you can't remember yeah, I don't, it, Ryan. <laughs> I, I don't think I've had time to process it. You know, it, yeah. it, was, it was a blast. You know, we... It was the very first uh, St. Patrick's Day that we celebrated here um, at the new brewery. I mean, we were we had the the benefit of having celebrated St. Patrick's Day last year when we had our small, uh, what we refer to as our test tap room. It was about 150 people you could fit in there, so a much smaller experience than what people got this year. Um, but it, you know, it went well. It really did this year. We. You know, we did different sessions so you could buy tickets and come in from 10 to 3 or 5 to 10. Um, and we really wanted to give people the room to, to spread out, to feel like they weren't overcrowded. There was a lot of, um, I don't want to say blowback, but a lot of commenting and things on social media where people assumed that it was going to be uh, kind of crazy and a little overwhelming. And we wanted to make sure that we proved those people wrong, you know, in many ways. Uh, so we were able to give people that sort of personal, um, uh, intimate experience while also bringing in uh, a whole lot, thousands of people over the weekend. Mm. Um, now, uh, what surprised me, and, and you know, I, I think from a beer point of view, that's, that's what I was most interested in. Um, Guinness Draft and Guinness Blonde were, were our two biggest sellers. But our IPA, which is a beer that I'm incredibly proud of and a beer that I'm, I'm so excited to share with people every time they come in, it's a core beer. It's the third beer that we've ever brewed on site dating back to September of 17. That was our third best-selling beer. And, and that, to me, speaks to this place existing not just for the people that have already adored Guinness, but for the people that are coming to have that craft experience, that are looking for a different sort of experience from Guinness. Um, so, yeah, man, it went well. We, we really, uh, I think we blew it away in terms of the consumer experience and people having a great time. Um, but we also, uh, our staff, I, I, you know, I should highlight because they're the ones that create that experience and they were the ones that came through in a huge way for the weekend. 
Right. Well, if you ever want to prove them right with a shit show of a party, the Brewing Network really knows how to ruin the place. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Uh, yeah. we'll, you know, we'll do that for you. So I do want to talk about some of the the new beers, the Blonde and the IPA. But but first, uh, it, it's what we have in our glass right now. I wanted to go through the, the classics with you first before we do, you know, the, the new ones. And, and in our glass, uh, uh, out of uh, both a, out of a, a bottle and, and one out of a can, we've got uh, Guinness Draft and, and Guinness Extra Stout. Yes. And we're doing a side-by-side side of those. And I wonder if you could talk to me about what the differences are in these two beers. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, one of those beers is one of our oldest recipes, one of the first beers uh, ever produced. One of those is a nitrogenated stout that people have had a million times at the pub. And the other is that oldest recipe. Oh. And I think that that's one of, the, one of the big shocking things for people, right? I mean, we were we were founded in 1759. That's when Arthur Guinness signed his 9,000-year lease at St. James' Gate. We talked about it earlier. And so for a lot of people, especially here in the States, they assume that Guinness Draft Stout, that nitrogenated pint, the one that you guys have out of a can, is the only beer that we've ever brewed. And when I tell people that Guinness Draft Stout did not debut for us until 1959, 200 years after we were founded as a brewery, there's a pretty massive uproar. People get real fired up about this. <laughs> um, that's, that's a new beer for us. That's a wee babe of a beer. You know, that, that's one of our newest innovations if you go back all the way through our history. Now, Guinness Extra Stout, which you guys have out of the bottle, is fully carbonated. It's not nitrogenated like its brother, Guinness Draft Stout. Um, and that dates back to 1821. And what's cool about that recipe is that's the recipe that we think most closely approximates the first dark beer that would have been brewed by Guinness in 1798 or 1799. So in terms of dark beer, that's the true foundation. Um, Guinness Extra Stout is one of our favorites. You know, if you work for Guinness, that's the six-pack that you keep in your fridge. Okay. Um, it's an incredible beer for food-pairing purposes. Um, it, it goes well with barbecues and, and sort of that um, that summertime vibe, which... You know, if you're if you're a brewer of stouts, it's great to introduce people to these types of beers in warm weather. But Guinness Draft Stout, um, that's the Desert Island beer, right? I mean, that's the beer that, you know, it's, it, it may not be your favorite. It may not be uh, the most exciting beer, but that's the one that is the most unique. And that's the beer that in 1959 changed the brewing world forever. Uh, so if people ask me what my favorite beer is, I say that that's a tough question, but if you told me I only had one beer to drink for the rest of my life, it's going to be Guinness Draft Stout, man, because that's the beer that uh, that is the most unique, at least in my opinion, in the beer world. I would kind of agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, It's because it's creamy and refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's not heavy, but it's a stout. And you can kind of get that. You know, a lot of people go, oh, I can't drink stouts. I get too full. No, no. <laughs> it doesn't have any more anything. It's not any more mass in it than anything else. Uh, but, yeah, Guinness Draft it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's that's yours. Crushable, I dude. I also didn't know it was that young. You know, fifty nine. Neither did I. Um, yeah. Which although also fifty nine. Yeah, nineteen fifty nine. Well, it's not young, it's, right? But it, but it is for for Guinness. It is for Guinness, it, not right? For, for Guinness, not, yeah. not yeah. for beer. No, no. But I'm just saying, like yeah. for the market and for for, right. for drinkers in general, like. But I'm still surprised to hear that number. Correct. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing that we year. can talk about nineteen fifty nine as being young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, and, and, I, and I mean, you you talked about the beer being. And I think that that's something that we always try to point out because, you know, it's a tough conversation because, you know, you mentioned earlier about this this dispelling myth. People are convinced, convinced 
that they know everything there is to know about Guinness, right? My job is to be an expert on Guinness, and I have one of the most difficult jobs in the world because no matter where I go, people are convinced that they know more about my job than I do. Right. You know, that, that, I just accept that. But in terms of the real facts, right, Guinness Draft is a low-calorie beer, 10 calories per ounce. Guinness Draft is low in carbs, which most people would not expect. Mm. And it's also, in terms of being filling, because it's nitrogenated, nitrogen is a is a less um, a less active gas than CO two, and once it's in your stomach, it sort of dies down a bit. Mm. So when you go out and drink beer, it is carbonation that gets bubbly and fills your belly and makes you feel full. Guinness Draft is very fashionable in that way. Right, it's going to allow to really um, to enjoy food, which I think is a huge part of what we do, pairing our beer with food, but also to not feel overwhelmed. Uh, by beer and, and Guinness draft is amazing at doing that. Yeah. And I, I like that you bring this up too, because, uh, you know, as beer nerds ourselves, we get a lot of friends and family members and people who are like, you know, I, what kind of beer would I like? I don't like that heavy, dark beer. And, yeah. uh, you know, one of the first things, actually, uh, you can thank me later, Ryan, uh, that, I, that I point out is, actually, uh, whenever you're at a bar, I can almost guarantee you that the lowest alcohol, uh, at least one of the lowest alcohol um, and, and least filling beers is going to be a Guinness draft. Yeah. And it blows people my, people's mind they just they won't have it and they go no no that's not true and i go all right well look it up and pay me five bucks later when i'm wrong <laughs> or when, when you're wrong uh it's a it's a myth i actually enjoy dispelling and i'm not even on the payroll see that's right well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna wait to thank you i'm gonna thank you right now <laughs> it, is, it is an important thing to remind people and it's also why and this is something that we're very proud of if you go to a beer festival you know, and, and I, I have the pleasure uh, or displeasure, <laughs> depending on the beer festival. Right. Uh, I have the pleasure of working a lot of beer festivals in this country and going to places like GABF, the Great American Beer Festival, and, and, and working some of these amazing festivals. But if you go to a festival, brewers, and I mean this sincerely, and I don't, I don't think a lot of brewers would disagree with me, brewers and people that work in this industry will seek out a beer like Guinness Draft. You're right. Because after all the beers that you try, that is the beer that is light in body, yep. is light in, in, in calories, it is light in filling nature, the, the, the filling qualities that fill up your belly. That is the beer that they seek out. So if you want to drink like a brewer, and we encourage people to do that, and I mean <laughs> that in a number of ways, not just drinking what brewers do, but also respecting the beer and drinking responsibly, there we the go. beer that you seek out is Guinness Draft, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 That's where all the American craft brewers have really helped you, I think, because... Ninety nine percent of the the dark beer that's in craft is just heavy, sweet. Oh, especially now, dark stout. pastry stout. Yeah, dude. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. how much yeah. lactose do you put in this? Yeah, I just want a nice, dry beer with a little bit of roasted flavor. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, I forgot honestly uh, how good extra stout is. I feel like the alcohol, having the alcohol on the label, is relatively new. I mean, it's only five six. Oh, okay. Right. Which is more than the draft. Which is more than draft, mm-hmm. but less right? than I less, less than I would think. Oh, which again, I guess how much to that? It, it, it's such a great story, too, right? If you talk about Guinness draft, and and you know, despite the fact that that was brewed in 1959, you can go back to a beer like Guinness Original, which again harkens back to around 1821. You know, we talk about German beer an awful lot, box, Doppelbox, and Icebox. You can talk about Belgian beer with um, Belgian pales, doubles, triples, and quads, uh, American pales, IPAs, and double IPAs. 
for us in Ireland, stout, extra stout, and foreign extra stout, which is another one of our most famous beers, that really tells an amazing story historically. You know, if you wanted to brew a beer for your neighbors, you brewed a beer called Stout or called Porter. If you wanted to send it to uh, Kilkenny, send it to Galway, send it to Belfast, you might have brewed an extra stout. A little extra alcohol, a little extra hops to give it a little more uh, consistency and the ability to hold that consistency. And then foreign extra stout, which was first brewed in 1801, that's a beer that allowed us to take over the world. And it's still one of our most, uh, you know, one of our number one selling beers around the world. So yeah. um, th- those are incredibly historic and they tell an amazing story if people look into it and uh, and are looking for that elevated experience. Sure. I got to ask a question. Sorry, Jay. Can I, can I go ahead? Thank you very much. Uh, Talking a little bit about rumors, here's a homebrewing rumor, right? We all kind of started drinking beer, homebrewing, and, you know, kind of doing it at the same time, and that's, you know, how we started the show. Uh, and everybody's been trying to go for a Guinness clone or a Guinness recipe. Maybe not now so much anymore, but definitely when I started, that was the beer that everyone saw on the forums. How do I make a, a, a Guinness? And part of that was, well, you, you have to make two batches of beer. One batch is soured. And then you mix a third of the sour beer with the third of the or with two thirds of the other beer, hmm. and that's you know someone's friend's grandfather's former roommate was a brewer at Guinness way back, and that's what they had said, and that's what they do. And that that can, can you dispel that or, or, not, or talk about or that at all? It. Yeah, or confirm it? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, so I mean, you know, they weird. often say that uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Um, Nobody has ever been able to create a facsimile of Guinness draft. You know, I, I, I think I can say that with some certainty. You know, there, there are a lot of nitrogenated stouts, some pretty amazing nitrogenated stouts, but nobody's ever been able to quite live up to Guinness draft. And, and we appreciate that. You know, we're, we're very thankful for that. Um, but in terms of what you're talking about with the stale version of Guinness, um, what I can tell you is this. Uh, historically speaking, the reason that we have a two-part pour, and that's something that's very important to us in terms of the perfect pour and what that means and what that represents, the reason we have that is because uh, bars uh, originally, when Guinness would send you a beer, if you were serving Guinness, you would be sent two casks of beer, two barrels of beer. The first cask would be an aged or a stale barrel of Guinness, and uh, you would fill the glass, or the publican or bartender would fill the glass with four-fifths of that stale barrel of Guinness. What you would top that glass off with was the second barrel or cask that we would send you, which was a lively, fresh barrel of Guinness. Hmm. That lively barrel would put a really hefty amount of carbonation and a really frothy head on the beer. And when you would drink that beer, that frothy head would stay on the pint the entire time you drank it. So when people, even 200 years ago, when you looked across the bar and you saw someone drinking from a glass of beer and the head stayed on that beer the entire time you drank it, you knew that person was drinking Guinness. And so when we invented nitrogenation, when we developed that technology, thanks to a guy named Michael Ash, the reason we charged him with this, with this challenge was to create a beer that could be served on a powered gas draft system but still create a head that would stay on the beer the entire time. So to your point... Um, a stale or aged cask of Guinness was always a part historically of the way we served our beer. Now, in terms of our brewing techniques and our and our brewing uh, processes, no comment. How but dare you? <laughs> How dare you? You're not running for mayor yet, Ryan. 
Yeah, the way the way we <laughs> served it though definitely included a uh, a cask of Guinness that had a little bit of age on it. Okay. That's interesting, super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. that's and that's really where the where the two part pour comes in because hmm. even today, if I were to put a you know put a glass underneath a Guinness tap, uh, Guinness draft stout tap, I should say, and pour it in one shot. You know, I have the ability to make that pint of Guinness look like it's been poured in two parts. It doesn't change the aroma. It doesn't change the flavor. It doesn't change the texture or the mouthfeel. The reason we pour our pints, even to this day, in two parts is because for 250-plus years, that's the way the bartenders have been pouring our beer. Yeah. And so every time a bartender takes their time and creates a perfect pint of Guinness in two parts, they're a part of 260 years of bartending history. Got it. And that is how you know you walk into a good bar, to be honest. Like if they're pouring Guinness oh, into, yeah. into pours like yeah. that, oh, yeah. it, it, it feels good, especially when I was out drinking a lot a lot more than I am now. Last week. Well, thank you. Yeah. You walk in and you see a couple pints of big Guinness underneath just waiting, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I feel comfortable here. This right. is good. Right. I'm not rushed. And it's, and it's, and it's you know, you, you notice bartenders taking the, the time to craft something. You know, there's, there's a difference between pouring a beer and crafting one. You know, there's such a focus these days on, on crafting an amazing cocktail. We, we've had that for a long time. You know, there, there is effort that needs to be put forth. There's focus and attention and passion that needs to be a part of pouring the perfect pint. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that we're most proud of because for two minutes, every time somebody asks for a pint of Guinness, for two minutes you have the ability to take your time and really craft something. And Guinness adorers, people that, that drink Guinness, expect you to take your time. They're not going to rush you. They're not going to wonder where their beer is. They're going to applaud you for taking your time and creating something that is artistic. And I and, and I, I love that about what we do. That's I a, do, too. That's a very special thing. How do you convince a whole industry, the, uh, the service industry, to be like, no, take the time. Don't worry about getting a beer out in 15 seconds from, from the tap to the counter. Hmm. Like, how, how, Where does a brewery get off, essentially, telling them, no, this takes two minutes? Yeah, it's hard. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's a challenge, but... You know, one thing that we often focus on and one thing, you know, one of those myths that we, we often dispel, um, people will come up to me all the time and say, hey, you know, I was in Dublin and the beer tastes completely different. Um, and, and the reason is not about the beer itself. You know, the, the Guinness draft style that we serve here in this country is the same beer from the same tanks put into the same kegs as what they get in Dublin. What is different is the experience. It's yeah. the, the, the time and attention and effort that's put forth. And so what we try to instill in, in the bartenders around the country here, and one of the things that I'm charged with, is getting these guys and girls uh, to understand that you have the ability to change people's perception. You have the ability to create something that is unique and special. You know, the best beers and the best spirits and the best cocktails and food that people have in their lives are less about what's in the glass and on the plate and more about the people you're with the laughs that you share, and the times that you have. And as a bartender, they, and I bartended for 12 years, so this is coming from a very real place for me. As a bartender, you have the ability to create that experience. You know, great experiences will take any great spirit or great beer and elevate them to something that is uh, far more than they could ever reach by themselves. But not creating that experience will take a great beer and drop it down just a little bit. We have an amazing beer. We know that. 
But if we train the bartenders and the publicans and the staff that are handling our beer on a day-to-day basis, and we explain to them the importance of creating an experience, then everybody that tries that beer will not only think our beer is amazing, but they'll think the people that served it and the place that they were in is that much better because of it. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. All right. I got to get us to a break real quick. Can you hang out? Because when we come back, we've got some of the new innovations to talk about. You down with that? Yeah, man. I'm ready. Uh, All right. Hang in there uh, real quick. And uh, before we go to break, if you're looking to uh, brand your brews a little better, go check out the Branding Brews podcast at brandingbrews.com. It's a deep inside look at everything that revolves around branding and marketing a brewery. Branding Brews interviews industry professionals covering in-depth strategies and topics like labels, packaging, websites, social media content, trademark, you name it. Go over to the Branding Brews podcast at brandingbrews.com. And we'll be right back just after the break. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, they're amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Hey, this is Julian Trego from Beachwood Brewing, and you are listening to The Session on the Brewing Network. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, hey, go over to Beersmith.com right now. Right now, get your free 21-day trial of Beersmith 3, the brewing software, the best brewing software there is on the market. But, of course, you don't have to take my word for it. You can get your free 21-day trial. It works on Mac and a PC. Everybody here at the Brewing Network uses it, and so do a bunch of the guests that we've had on. So go check it out at Beersmith.com. All right, we are still hanging out with Ryan Wagner, who, of course, is from the Guinness Open Gate Brewery and Barrel House in Baltimore, Maryland. And once again, I just want to thank you for hanging out with us tonight, Ryan. 
Uh, thanks so much for having me, guys. Got it. So before we move on to, uh, we, we've got a couple of the newer beers uh, with us here, which uh, Beverly's getting right now, but I wanted to talk just quickly uh, again about the Guinness draft and the Guinness extra shout from, yeah. from my own perspective. And, Let's that, go. and that is, you know, I'm, we're tasting them side by side and I keep going back and forth and I taste, uh, I taste the Guinness extra stout and I go, okay, yeah, that, that one's my favorite. And then I go over to the Guinness draft and I go, Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, this one's my favorite. Really? And I wow. keep going back and forth and I yeah. usually I can pick a clear favorite when we do side by sides. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I really just keep talking myself out of the other one as Why? soon as I taste the one. Why do you think it is? I don't know because there's just no clear favorite. I just really enjoy them both. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that the extra stout is a little bolder and it has a little more of a of a, a, a multi sweetness and a, and uh, Oh, yeah, that I really roasty, enjoy, sharp, yeah, for and, sure. And and then, uh, and I'm not the biggest fan of nitro beers either. But then I go over to the right. Guinness Draft, and it just has such a clean, nice roastiness, <laughs> a little less than the extra. But that I literally keep every time I taste one, I go, yeah. nope, that one, nope, that one. <laughs> you know what it is? It's fun. <laughs> it's a fun beer. Well, and, and go ahead. The, the other thing you're gonna, yeah, the other thing you'll notice is that. Nitrogenation, you know, for, for all of its amazing qualities. And, of course, I work for Guinness, so I'm a big fan of nitrogenation. <laughs> right. But it also tamps down on a bit of the aroma. And Guinness uh, Guinness Extra Stout has an amazing aroma. And so if you're using, you know, your retronasal perceptors, if you're, if you're really, allow, uh, really allowing that aroma to be a huge part of your tasting of that beer, um, it brings some fruit character, some cherry character to the front. Uh, the carbonation is also super important because it scrubs your palate. It, it leaves you ready for the next sip. Yeah. So extra stout is a brilliant beer. You know, Guinness Draft Stout is amazing in its own right. It really is the birthplace of Guinness of, uh, of nitrogenation. Sure. So you've got to love it. But extra stout, I think, is a beer that often gets overlooked. So it's it, it makes me happy to hear you talking about it the way that you do because I don't think it gets nearly the the level of respect it deserves. Oh, for sure. Remember yeah. when Chad first came back, Justin from uh, Jamaica. Yeah, and he he talked about the drink, the steel bottom. Oh, yeah, which was six ounces of extra stout and an ounce of rum. Okay, yeah. on ice. Oh, oh that's, okay. that's see, that's foreign extra stout. That's a different oh. beer entirely. Ah. Okay. See, but you know, Ryan, so it, he didn't just make it yeah, up. That's you know thing. about the steel bottom. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a different beer entirely. Okay. So you know, if, if Guinness draft stout is four point two percent, Guinness extra stout is five point six. Guinness foreign extra stout at seven and a half percent is a different beer entirely, Damn. and it's very rich and almost espresso forward, and you get some butterscotch and some caramel uh, character in that beer. Foreign extra stout is, you know, if you ask anybody who works for Guinness, uh, nine out of ten of them will tell you that the best beer we make in Dublin is foreign extra stout, oh, uh, and that's the beer that's brewed, you know, all over the world. Depending on where you are in the world, it's brewed by you know the brewers in Nigeria or Ghana or Jamaica, um, and it, and it's a it's a fascinating beer in its own right. But I think people often don't give us enough credit for creating different character and different flavors and different aromas and a completely different experience across every uh, beer in our portfolio. Oh, I, I would agree with that. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. 
It's so good too. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I do like the extra stout, it's man. Good, yeah. Right? I don't know. Yeah, it's just a good beer. That's I can't remember right. if I've had the foreign extra or not. I, I mean, have. I have also. Although I didn't. Oh. I also didn't remember that it was different. Uh, yeah. But I have had it, and now that he mentioned, now that Ryan mentions it, yeah, the I flavor can profile. That. You can recall that. I will. Well, say, I mean, the, the, the bottom. The bottom line is, guys, we needed some help in the marketing back in eighteen oh one. You know, would have been right. it would have been better <laughs> to name the beer something clever and creative as opposed to stout, extra stout, and foreign extra. Stout. Hmm. Um, well, it was okay with it. I'm so glad that you're saying that because that thought yeah. did cross my mind. I was like, well, you know, there, yeah. if it was just marketed a little bit differently, and I, I appreciate you kind of saying that. Yeah, that back in the day, actually, that would have made sense. That's, it was too logical. It, and mm-hmm. it's how, but it, it, but back then, a, a beer could have been clearly differentiated just by that. The market, right. And right. now, oh my goodness, yeah, there's so much information and there's so many different beers and beer styles that it's only na- you know in the last I don't know 20 years that it that that has become maybe confusing especially for beer yeah for mm-hmm. sure but I think that was perfectly good marketing back in, in, Be- in the day well because you you knew what you were getting it was clear oh for an extra shout right. I understand what that is thank you very much I'll have 12 and then you know fall asleep in the gutter like yeah. I understand this and now Ryan's just stuck with it so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you, you yeah, now, now I'm the one that it. has to figure out how to explain the difference between three beers that are eerily similarly named yeah 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 but the, the, all, all great beers and I uh, I guess I'll end this just about these two beers by saying, if I had to pick, mm-hmm. it's but a, you do. It's a tiny, tiny favorite. Yeah, extra stout, just by a hair, yeah. by a hair. Yeah, you know what? Why? Let me ask you why. Well, I think I like the bolder flavors. I like yeah. when there's because my palate can be a little dumb. I, I like when I can pick out a, a couple of different things a little easier. And okay. I and and the, the 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 draft is so smooth that it's harder for me to identify some of the things clearly that I like about it. Whereas, the draft is a drinking beer. And the extra stout well, is maybe a thinking beer, no, maybe that. No, no, I just want to pick out things that I like. That's yeah, all, right, right. and and that that makes me want to drink more of them. So, okay. but again, I'm saying by a hair here. Right, 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 right. Um, okay. okay. Well, how about this right now? Let's talk about some of the newer beers. And um, yeah, one beer we've got in our, our glass right now, and you've you've been mentioning it because it's brewed there in Baltimore, is the Guinness Blonde. So, uh, yeah. tell us when you started this, and and anything you can about the recipe, the beer itself. Give us give our listeners kind of a walk through, uh, not just when this beer started and, and how it came about, but what they might taste on their palate. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Guinness Blonde is a beer that debuted uh, four or five years ago at this point. And when it first made its appearance here in the United States, it was Guinness Blonde American Lager. That was how it was marketed. Uh, And it was the attempt of our brewers in Dublin to brew a beer specifically for the American palate. Hmm. And whenever we get the question of why would you do that, you know, you're an Irish brewer, make Irish beer. Um, I point out the fact that, again, like we talked about earlier, there are 6 million people in Ireland. There are 35 million Irish Americans. Uh, And most of those people here in the United States, as we all know, are drinking light-colored lager. That's what they do. Uh, And so they developed a beer that wanted to play in that space. Now, it was successful and it did well, but one thing that we wanted to do when we built the brewery in Baltimore was really give it a home. Uh, We wanted to, again, hire the team that we did, which is 
uh, unbelievably talented. These guys from Peter at Stone, Holly at Highland Brewing, Sean at Jelly Pumpkin. I mean, these guys have incredible credentials and incredible resumes. And so when they came uh, on board and we built this brewery, we handed them the recipe to Guinness Blonde and we said, do what you need to do. Make wow. it your own nice, uh, and decide what we need to do with this beer. And what they did was they took a beer that was an American beer brewed in an Irish tradition and made an American beer brewed by American brewers. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an important distinction. So uh, in terms of the malt bill, we removed crystal malt and we replaced it with simply two row barley and a bit of caramel 60 for those that are brewing fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we crisped and dried up the, uh, the malt recipe a bit so it's very clean and dry on the back end. We took the hop bill from Mount Hood and Willamette, which is sort of an old school and very traditional uh, American hop recipe, and replaced it with citra and mosaic, which is about as clean an American hop profile as you can come up with. Very citrus forward, very grapefruit forward. Uh, and then we uh, we took brewing water from Baltimore, which, believe it or not, is some of the most sought-after water in terms of brewing in the country. And uh, we really created a beer that is everything that it was supposed to be. It's very dry, citrus-forward, crisp and clean. Um, you know, I refer to it as a lawnmower beer. This is the type of beer that you want to drink uh, regardless of what you're doing. You know, if you're at a barbecue, it's a great beer. If you're, in, you know, here in Baltimore or here in Maryland and you're having a crab feast, there is no better beer. And I'm the first one to tell you that. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a really easy drinking beer that is completely different from everything you expect to get from Guinness. And that's one of the things I like about it most. This is one of the best Blondales I've ever had. Uh, I really, really yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. It's a really tasty beer. I'm glad to hear the, the kind of description of the malt bill and the hops. Um, so a couple questions I have about it. Uh, is this an all malt beer? No, uh, no brewing adjuncts such as it, which wouldn't be bad by the way, but you know, adjuncts such as rice or something else. 100% malt. 100% malt. So I think that's a really smart decision. Um, yeah. The next is kind of a question, comment, and maybe Beardy or JP, you could help me with this too. I'm going to try. Hearing him now say what the, hearing Ryan tell us what the malt bill is, um, which is quite simple, and and the beer is obviously very light. Yeah. It still has some kind of a Guinness character to it? Or, or is that, ah, the, the, is that right. the stout lingering on my palate? Because it has, part of its character is a Guinness flavor. And, and Ryan, go ahead. I'll let these guys chime in after about if they're tasting it too, but already you're, you're maybe chiming into something here about the yeast. Uh, yeah, of course, man. I, and, and forgive me for jumping in there. No, no, but no. Guinness yeast is something that is iconic and unique and sought after and uh, admired throughout the beer world. And I, I don't think that, are, that uh, there are many brewers in the country that would disagree with me. Um, yeast is something that we were not familiar with, that nobody was familiar with until the mid-19th century. Hmm. Uh, that's when Louis Pasteur writes The Science of Beer. He develops the technology that allows us to examine what's happening inside of the liquid in terms of fermentation. Um, and the yeast that we use, the first time we were able to individuate it and really um, understand what it was was 72 years ago. And we still use the very same yeast that they were using seven decades ago. Wow. Uh, so this is something that is incredibly uh, iconic and something that is uh, proprietary to what we do at Guinness. And so if you perceive just a little bit of that, that, that unique character, 
I would imagine that it's coming from that yeast. That is something that we're very proud of and something that we use in most every beer that we create. So th- then let me ask you this, because you mentioned that the blonde originally was, was like a blonde lager, right? Or, or, or at least called that and, and brewed for the American Correct. public before the uh, American brewers got a hold of it. So was it then never brewed with a lager yeast? It was still always brewed with the Guinness ale yeast? Yeah, so it's uh, it, it's something that we we the way that we brewed it and the way that we um, fermented it and the way that we matured it. So you know the the term lager, is, as everybody listening to this podcast, I'm sure knows, is mm-hmm. German for to store, right? Sure. So you're gonna you're gonna allow that beer to mature. You're gonna allow that beer to develop different flavors and aromas as it as it rests. And so we lagered this beer despite the fact that it uses an ale yeast uh they fermented it a bit cooler and we allowed it to lager or store uh for a period of time before we packaged it and so i think that's where that term comes into play but i also think that you know when you're selling a beer to an american craft beer audience that is very aware and very educated and they are getting more and more educated as the days go by um we wanted to make that's sure annoying. that they understood where this beer comes from and and it is an ale yeast so at the end of the day this beer is an ale it is guinness blonde ale uh and we wanted to be upfront uh with with that information so people understood what they were getting and you said now fermented a little colder but not fermented at like lager yeast temperatures yeah, correct. That, yeah, we never fermented it at, say, uh, 55 or, or 56 degrees. Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I tell you. Yeah. So, I, uh, this is now going to be, uh, I think, one of my fridge beers. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, oh. I don't... Ooh. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I don't remember if I had ever had it before or, yeah. or if I had it and it was unremarkable. I'm okay. sure it wasn't bad. I've never had anything from Get As Bad. But right, maybe right. that it didn't stick out in my mind. Well, it depends on when, but, at what time of night or morning <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were point. having the good, beer. Good right. point. But it's a lovely beer. Mm-hmm. You know what? And, and it is. It's... it's Floral but malty, and it's almost it yeah. almost has that uh, uh, in homebrewing would say wordy, like it tastes like wort, yeah, but not unfermented wort. You're right; it tastes like it's but, a little grainy, maybe. Yeah, in grainy a nice but way. sweet in a nice way. Yeah, and you know sometimes you take a sample of your wort. Well, you don't brew, Justin, but you right. know wort. <laughs> I have brewed. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And and you 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 drink the sample from the hydrometer or whatever, and you go. I just want to drink this. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of wort. It's it's pleasant. It's it's clean. It's very clearly fermented. Yeah, but it's. It, it's it's aromatic and it's perfumey and it's floral but grainy with the the esters from the it, it's it's a it's a lovely beer yeah yeah well and and, and you know we uh, you, you kind of touched on this without meaning to but there's a word that we're always going to strive for I think when we you know when we talk about beers brewed at Guinness that is kind of a dirty word you know in in terms of brewing and in terms of innovation it's balanced. You know, we're going to try to create a beer that's balanced, and we're going to try to create a beer that's drinkable, no matter what style we're playing with, yeah. uh, no matter what innovation and ingredient list and brewing process we're, we're experimenting with. We want something that is going to be approachable and is going to be balanced and is going to be drinkable. And, and I think that that's Guinness Blonde fits every single one of those designations. And if there's any room left for the word balance in craft beer, Blondale is a style oh, for it. 100%. <laughs> you know, like, right. let's not be yeah. ridiculous yeah, with some yeah. bitter, over-the-top anything. No. Um, um, and 
I, I'm going to say a testament to your brewers. You know, Citra and, and Mosaic are, are great hops to choose mm-hmm. and are usually chosen for their how they extremely expressive their they punch. can be. Right, yeah. right. So you'd be tempted as a brewer to Focus accent, on them, and right? accentuate yeah. those and... Your brewers didn't do that. They just took them for the qualities that they wanted and left it balanced. And I think right. um, maybe not every consumer today would agree with that. They they want a little more of a punch in your face, but I certainly do agree with that decision. Yeah. Well, and there's there's a there is something to be said uh, about having an even hand. You know, when you're when you're brewing beer, about about really understanding the intricacies and um, uh, being deliberate in what you do, and I think our brewers are are very adept at that. You know, these guys are capable of creating some of the most bizarre, uh, different beer in the world. We just tapped up one today. That's a kettle sour using cascara, which is the fruit that surrounds the coffee bean. Mm-hmm. This is one of the most bizarre beers I've ever had in my life. So they realize that there's a place uh, for that type of creativity and for that type of innovation. But in terms of a Blondale, to your point, this is where balance and drinkability and, and even-handedness are really going to shine through. And, and to their credit, they understand the importance of that. Yeah, they do. And and before I move on to the next beer, I did, I think, just pick up on something uh, with, with that kind of Guinness flavor that I'm picking up. Here we go. Now that I know that it's Mosaic. Yeah. I think that Mosaic hops have uh, a good, like, earthy character to them. Yeah. And I feel like Guinness has a strong earthy, Guinness stout and extra stout and draft has a a strong kind of earthy character to it. Yeah. And I think, I'm certain it's the yeast as well. I think Ryan's right. Um, But then mix that with an earthy note like mosaic and it just adds to the familiarity of it Mm. for me. Mm, I get you. Yeah. But you don't agree. I think I, I think this has been a great transition because to me, if you taste extra and then go to blonde, mm. having a draft in the middle, it's like the perfect transition. Like to where hmm. I can totally see how Ooh, yeah. blonde has the yeast character, yeah, right? That is shown off in draft. Where it, so in, you would go blonde draft extra if you're going to go in like a the flight. traditional flight order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, whereas that. extra is all about the malt. To me, you get the crystal and the roast. To me, the draft, you get a bit more of the yeast character, and Blonde is just carrying over that yeast character with traditional American ingredients. But you still get that. What makes this different? Because yeah. this Blonde Ale is not what you would get at any other pub. No. Blonde Ale. No, what no. do you think this uh, ABV is? Maybe we talked about it and I missed it. But If I had to guess, guess what you do? Because I'm, I'm not looking at the bottle. Right. Um, I'm going to go not more than like four... Seven or four nine. Oh, really? I'm thinking low wow. like that. Uh, five. See, he was I'm almost right. right. You were almost right. Yeah, I, yeah. you were right on. I, I would have yeah. thought more. I don't know why. I think oh. it, I think it's the current just American craft market. Everything like if you're under five five, you're something's weird. Okay, that's kind of what I, the I impression that I get. And I live there. I live four five to five. That's what you that's like. My yeah. jam, dude. I was just and it really has impressed. a lot of character, and I think the it character really is something that often gets lost or often gets overlooked because character we associate with the American craft beer industry, we associate that with higher ABV. And so to create a beer that has this type of character, this type of aroma, and to be at 5% is something that I think is unexpected for a lot of folks. Love this beer. Love it. It's really good. All right. And before we run out of time, Ryan, especially I know you, you, you got East Coast time there and don't want to make you drink too much before you got to work tomorrow. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the, you know, the last beer that we have in our glass from you guys today that I'm really excited about is 
Uh, Guinness Stout aged in bullet bourbon. There we go. Oh, what are you talking about in, in really? bullet in bullet bourbon barrels. And so, really, tell me which mm. stout, like, what's the base beer that you put into these bullet bourbon barrels? And thank you to whoever got this <laughs> got this over to us. Oh man! So you you guys are uh, you? I don't know who that was. We're but, we're, we're this kind of a big deal. Yeah. This is one of the most sought after beers we've ever created. Wow! Oh, wow. Um, we we produced a very small amount of this. So uh, yeah, I'll give you the full rundown. This is a beer called Antwerp and Stout, and Antwerp and Stout is is uh, an incredible beer. It has an incredible story. We started brewing it in 1944, which for oh. our, our world history buffs. They'll tell us that is right in the middle of World War II. June 6th of 1944 is when the Allies land in in Normandy. They begin pushing uh, the Germans out of the uh, lands that they'd occupied since the start of the war. One of those countries is Belgium. Belgium, which, as we all know, has one of the most interesting and diverse and iconic beer cultures in the world. Um, But unfortunately... That country, because of all of the horrors of World War, was left with very little uh, brewing industry to speak of. Ireland was neutral during the war, and St. James's Gate was left, uh, our, our historic brewery in Dublin was left unharmed. We wanted to brew a beer for the folks in Dublin uh, to really get them back on their feet in many ways, to, uh, to uh, help them uh, overcome the adversity that they were dealing with. We identified a brewery in Belgium, Timmermans, uh, that were able to bring our beer in and get it out to the people of Belgium. And so we brewed a beer called Guinness Special Export. Uh, we sent it over to Dublin, or excuse me, sent it over to Belgium, to Timmermans. They were able to get it out to the folks there. That was in 1944. We have not stopped sending it. It's still very oh, much wow. a part oh. of the friendship that exists between the folks in Belgium and the people in Ireland, uh, which is incredible because that's a friendship that was forged uh, during one of the most tumultuous periods in human history. And even cooler, uh, the brewers in Dublin and the brewers at Timmermans in Belgium just collaborated on a beer last year to create something new and innovative. They took a lambic from the guys at Timmermans, uh, combined it with stout from Dublin, and created a brand new beer. Hmm. That being said, Sounds the good. beer that you are about to try is that Antwerp and Stout, the very first beer. We started sending it over to the United States a couple of years ago, uh, rebranded as Antwerp and Stout. This batch was created in Dublin, uh, sent over by ship, put into tanks, and then brought into our brewery in, in Baltimore by uh, by train. We put it into bullet bourbon barrels and allowed it to mature for eight uh, eight months. We have one of the, in my estimation, one of our country's foremost experts uh, in barrel aging beer, a guy named Sean Brennan. Sean Brennan is our senior brewer. He comes from Jolly Pumpkin Brewing in, in Michigan. And this was the guy that was in charge of this, of this project for us. After eight months, we brought it out of the barrels, we put it into bottles, and we sent it uh, as far as we could. This was about as limited as our beer gets. Hmm. Uh, and you take a beer like Antwerp and Stout, which is uh, they use uh, smoked wood in the malt, it's kind of campfire in the best way possible. Maybe a little bit of anise character. To me, I pick up fig and plum and cherry, some really dark fruit character. It started out at 8% alcohol, which is uh, the biggest beer we brew in terms of gravity. And when you put it in the bullet bourbon barrel and allow it to mature, it picks up the vanilla character from the barrel, the tannic character from the bourbon barrel as well, so it's very drying. Um, to me, it presents almost as a cherry cola uh, the bullet bourbon barrel aged version that you have in front of you. Um, this is 
absolutely one of the most popular beers we've ever released. People still come up to me at beer festivals and uh, and, and presentations and say, hey, where can I get some of this beer? So um, the fact that you guys have some in front of you is pretty, pretty cool, man. I, I we, we don't we don't see it very often anymore because people got a hold of it uh, a few months ago and, and just got rid of it, man. They, they, this beer went very quickly. Right. Well, we're kind of a big deal. We're kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. um, no, whoever said very generous to get us this. Uh, Cherry Cola is, uh, is a nice description description that you give, uh, especially in the aroma for me. Um, yeah. But all of the other notes you're talking about are, are very much there, especially like uh, the fig and the plum. Um, certainly yeah. vanilla from that barrel, right, JP? Yeah, I got a little fig, but you know what What strikes me in the in the aroma is uh, like bitter chocolate, mm. like, yeah. like powdered mm. or like a shaved chocolate, which is a weird, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. fun descriptor, but shaved chocolate, shaved bitter chocolate. Yeah. Totally get that. Or like, um, you ever had those chocolate? Berries that are covered in uh, like cocoa powder, not actual chocolate, but like the powder no. chocolate. Uh, maybe I made that up. I don't know. But that's what I get also. So maybe it's the cherry cola, but there is a cocoa thing going on. But what I love about this beer is it's beer, and then it's not just barrel, you know, like like a normal barrel aged beer. It's bourbon. Mm, yeah. It's okay. the beer and oh, yeah. that bullet. Like we're very familiar with bullet and and it's <laughs> it's it very clear to me yeah. in the aroma and in the flavor, but it doesn't it's not awkward. It's not obtuse like that. It's a very integrated yet transitional. I don't know. It's it's this is a very interesting beer. Mm. The bullet for me a lot more in the aftertaste as yes, well. By the right, way, right, 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 uh, and, and a and a long tail aftertaste, yeah. and not even right away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a very long tail. It starts to turn into bullet. Yeah, it kind of mm. surprises you. are Like, oh, I'm I'm looking for the I'm looking for the bourbon. I'm looking for the bourbon. I don't know if the, I'm gonna find it. There it is. There it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then it rides. It's yeah. Yeah, you've got it's a good really barrel. Good. Well, and, if, and if you guys, if you guys can imagine, so w- one of the things that I'm very passionate about, and, and the people at Guinness are passionate about, is pairing our beer. With with food and um my favorite pairing for this beer and i played a lot with the with many different recipes was a brulee fig bread pudding so nice. so bringing in some of the malt characteristic and and when you say you 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 pick up that shaved chocolate that's the roasted barley right that's yeah. that's the iconic mm-hmm. roasted barley that we put in every single beer we make uh so you're picking that up but if you can imagine this with a brulee fig bread pudding with a richness and a and a uh, a breadiness obviously with the bread pudding um some of those things were just absolutely amazing pairings for this beer it, it really is complex but it's also still drinkable which which blew me away yeah, yeah. I, I would not have guessed that this beer was 10 percent alcohol I would say no. maybe the the most quaffable ten percent oh, bourbon barrel aged yeah, beer I've think? ever had. Six maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'd be like, oh, they crammed a lot of bourbon flavor into this normal Guinness, right? Like extra stout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really this like could it. do some damage to me. I think later. <laughs> yeah, things mm-hmm. are this good, man. Yeah, well, well and, and and to uh, you know to kind of get you know you guys and also the people listening in. Barrel aging is something that we're going to be experimenting with an awful lot. You know, this this is sort of the tip of the iceberg for us. You know, one of the, one of the beers, uh, well, I'd say two of the beers that I've been most excited about since we opened back in August, we had a stock ale where we mixed an English barley wine with a barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout, Ooh. and we called it a, a, a stock ale, which was absolutely brilliant. Damn. And then the other thing that Sean did, which blew my mind, and this is one that I, I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around, we took a Russian Imperial Stout base, put it into a George Dickel rye whiskey barrel, mm. but that rye whiskey barrel had began its life as a Tabasco barrel. 
Oh, and and God. so you end up with this this really brilliant sort of a uh, little bit of spice character, but that wry earth character with a Russian imperial stout and this sweetness and richness that's there. And then about two or three seconds after you swallowed your sip, right at the base of your throat, you got a brief little. Uh, I think I'm having heartburn, but it wasn't heartburn. It was <laughs> right. that that sort of spice kind of radiating. So, uh, what what our brewers are doing in Baltimore, man? Like Sean, Holly, Peter, Todd, Jrod, these guys. I, you know, I cannot stress enough. Come see us in Baltimore. See what these guys are up to because on a, on a biweekly basis, the beers that they're coming out with. You know, they, they are some of the most cutting edge and, and interesting beers you can possibly imagine. Yeah. I think we need Ryan on like like uh, quarterly yeah. to just send us Give all us. the new projects. <laughs> just, you know, fill yeah. it right off the tap and then we'll just talk yeah, about it because right. that's I've never heard of. And I think I've heard. We've pretty much seen everything in the craft here. Yeah. A Tabasco barrel? I like yeah. that. Never seen that. How does one track one of those down? And do me a favor, guys. Do not broadcast uh, where I live because <laughs> I've got four four-packs of that Antwerp and barrel-aged, uh, uh, bullet barrel-aged beer you're drinking now. i got four four-packs sitting in my beer cellar right now. Attaboy. So uh, I don't want anybody coming after me. I'm going to see no. what that beer looks like a no year from sh- now and two years from no now. No one should know that you're at two, eight, seven, <laughs> right. five. That's not funny. Strawberry <laughs> lane. Not funny. Uh, uh, well, okay. Take Ryan's advice, folks. Uh, go check out the Guinness Brewery. It's the Guinness Open Gate Brewery and Barrel House in Baltimore, Maryland. If you want to uh, get God. information about how to visit and what they've got going on, you can go to GuinnessBreweryBaltimore.com. A very informative website. You can keep up to date on events, uh, figure out how to go check it out. And um, Ryan, I, I want to thank you uh, not just for your time tonight, which I very much appreciate, but for sending this wonderful beer. And, uh, you know, really, uh, everybody knows it, and, and you even you know touched upon it. Uh, Guinness is is such an icon in not just beer worldwide, but but certainly craft beer, and and I think that it's important. You know, of the of the larger breweries that we talk about, yep. you know, I don't know that there's one that I can identify with craft beer as much as there is Guinness. And so, uh, so Ryan, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, guys. And you know, the to, to kind of build on that real quick, you know, just uh, again. The brewers that we hired, the people that are putting in the time and work and sweat and tears and time away from their families, um, the beers that we're making are not for us. They are for the people that identify not just with Guinness, not just with that heart, but with the American craft beer industry. And I, and I think it's a great credit to Guinness that they understood the importance of being part of this incredible movement yeah. that we've seen over the last two decades. Um, and, and we're incredibly blessed. Uh, I am certainly incredibly blessed that it's right here in my hometown in Baltimore. You are. You're a lucky man. Yeah, for you got, sure. Got a good gig and didn't have to yeah. leave Baltimore. Right. So uh, we'll That's look right. for you in a few Th- years when you're guys. running so for mayor. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ryan. No you take care. Cheers. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. There you go, folks. That is Ryan Wagner. He's the Guinness Brewery Ambassador. Uh, a nice gentleman. Uh, knows a lot about the beer. And, um, man, that was enjoyable to taste. Yeah, it really was. So uh, It really was. And it, it for, for a 10% beer, it's so light. Yeah. That's really good, man. And I, I was really excited to uh, uh, you know to see that this little kind of one-off thing 
is in there as an example of what they're doing. You know, yep. the, the standard stuff. You have to drink the standards. Mm-hmm. Also, but, let's uh, just mention, too, uh, the names of some of those brewers or the, the, the places they used to brew. They have some talent. We've had them. All, <laughs> uh-huh. We've had them. All, we've had all those breweries on the show. Yeah. We've 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 raved about their beers. Yep. So, you know, Jolly Pumpkin Stone. Uh, Jester King. Jester. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess. We made them. Putting their yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, guys. Well, I'm saying putting their putting their money or their talent where their mouth is. You know, Ryan can say this is this is why we're doing it and that this homage to craft beer, but there's some lineage there mm-hmm. that I think proves it. Not just the beer, uh, which is obviously proving it as well. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So you know. Uh, all right. Well, I just want to thank Ryan again and, and, and Guinness uh, for being yeah, on the program. First stuff, for us, uh, 14 man. years, and we finally got Guinness on the show. <laughs> no. How fun is that? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I've got to get us to a uh, a quick break. Before I do, uh, go check out Great Fermentations. Um, that's greatfermentations.com. Uh, now offers specialized uh, grain ordering. Order any grain in less than one-pound increments. Perfect for specialty malts. And you can ask to combine or keep grains separate. Uh, you can even tell them to crush the grain if you want. So just go check it out at greatfermentations.com. And as always, Great Fermentation provides top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on so many items. Greatfermentations.com. Alright, when we come back, a special surprise. Our good friend Sully from the 21st Amendment is going to join us. Uh, we got a couple of things to talk about with him. So I'm excited about that. So hang in there. It's the session, and we'll be right back. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash-and-boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperatures Temperature rest mashing is easy to do, all for under 300 bucks. They also feature the Mark II Work Pump, a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much, as well as exclusive Brewer's Edge regulators and quality Keg King kegs and disconnects. Check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks again to Ryan Wagner from Guinness, of course. Guinness Open Gate Brewery and Barrel House in Baltimore, Maryland. That was a lot of fun for us here. I know JP's have been a big fan, so... Uh, big Guinness fan, baby. What a Let's treat. Go. What a treat. Yeah, it was good stuff. All right. Well, as promised, we got a little special surprise for you. Our good friend Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery is back on the program with us. How you doing tonight, Sully? I'm doing great. Good. Whoa, old Sully, what's up? I'm glad to hear from you. Wow, you're you're awfully awake right now. <laughs> Perky, even. You know, I was just trying to. I just managed all that energy just for that one moment. Now the rest of this call is going to go downhill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> how are things, Sully? Are you in California? Or are you traveling? No, I'm actually up here at the treehouse. I'm enjoying the rain okay. uh, again, yeah. and uh, I like that. Uh, I like that segment with Guinness. Actually, I'm going to be over there in May. Speaking of traveling, 
and I hooked up a behind the scenes tour there at the brewery at the St. James uh, Street Brewery. So, oh, beautiful! Uh, I'll call you from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Do a video call, espionage. Uh, Please. Uh, yeah. uh, hey, all right. Quick question, personal question: Are you coming to hang out with me at the Spring Brews Festival this Saturday, or what? Of course I am. Why would I not? Because you, <laughs> I thought we worked this out earlier. I don't know, because you're out of town sometimes, and I just, you know, I don't get to see you there all that often. Yeah. Uh, sir, I will be there. All right. That's good news. That's good news. Uh, and funny, we actually got a, 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 a kind call from, from your 2A rep here today. And uh, you guys are always one of the first breweries at our festival, one of the uh, clearly more popular, uh, to run out of beer. Uh, and, and your rep is so <laughs> kind. He's like, hey, uh, because we do this, we're bringing more beer this year. So I want to thank you guys Excellent. for that. Excellent. More beer is always good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of beer, uh, so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, because I caught wind of this, um, a couple of, uh, well, a return beer and a new beer that I wanted to ask yeah, you about. Yes. Um, why don't we start with the return beer before we do the newbie? Yeah, so Toaster Pastry is coming back. Yes. It's like the original pastry beer, I think, because there's no pastry in it. It's a real, it's a real beer. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and it was a, it was a beer that, uh, if, you hadn't, if you haven't heard about, it's called Toaster Pastry, and it's, uh, uh, we brewed it as an homage to the Kellogg's plant, which is uh, where the brewery is located in San Leandro, California. Um, and we couldn't call it Pop-Tarts because uh, right. we get sued, although I think this day and age you can probably do that. Um, <laughs> Seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, and it, yeah, so we, we brewed it and, uh, it's, um, it's an India style red ale. I mean, uh, there's a lot of great malts in there that sort of, uh, give a, give a suggestion of crust, of the crust in a, in a, in a toaster pastry, a pop tart. And then we're using, uh, some jammy, um, uh, floral uh, hops in it as well, so it's it's it's. I love this beer because it's it kind of has everything you want in a beer. It's got some fruitiness to it. It's got some uh, great malt character to it. It's got firm bitterness. Uh, it's got a little bit of alcohol at seven point six percent. And the cool thing about it when we first came out with this, uh, which was in twenty fifteen, which is when we started brewing down there, put it in the stovetop, those nineteen point two ounce cans. Uh, is it won a medal right right off the bat? It was kind of wild. I remember that that, oh. that that fall. And then it, and then it won a medal in 2016 at uh, World Beer Cup the next year. And so we got all, like, full of ourselves. We were like, this is awesome. So we ended up, like, uh, kind of rushing it and put it into six packs and then put it out there. We really didn't have the kind of the, the marketing kind of, you know, engine behind it. So it didn't – it kind of – it did all right. I mean, it was a great-tasting beer, but it just didn't do that well in the market. Mm. And so I think we're giving it – it's finally its due, actually, with um, – you know, putting some support behind it, and uh, I think I'm it glad. tastes fantastic. We just packaged it like a couple weeks ago, so I'm glad you're bringing it back. I remember trying it just before that uh, GABF award and really enjoying it. And you know, it, it's a little on the you know, you say firm bitterness, and I think that's a great description. Uh, I, I would say you know, with the alcohol content um, and and the and the nice hop character and the firm bitterness, you know, if I had to classify it to somebody, if some nerd really needed me to say Excuse what me. kind of beer <laughs> am I getting, you know, I, I would definitely call it an IPA. Uh, but sure. then, but then with these other characters that that Sully's mentioning, you know, uh, some of the pastry side, a, a firm malt backbone as well. But I, I'm just saying, Sully, I wouldn't hesitate to tell an IPA bro that it's an IPA bro. 
Yeah. Got him, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it's uh, it, it's definitely got, it definitely has some bitterness there. I mean, I, what I really like about this is actually one of the last beers I think I homebrewed at my house here. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's got a, it's got like five different malts, and it's like a classic homebrew recipe, and there's a lot going on here. So um, it, it's, it's a fun beer. It was a fun beer to make and develop here before we... You know, we took it uh, to the pub and eventually to San Leandro. Yeah, yeah. I really like this beer, too. Like, like red IPAs. <clears throat> like yeah. Evil Twin. Yeah. IPA I'll drink. This beer I'll drink. And that's kind of the only really IPAs that, that you go I really, to anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Just because of that, that, that malt complexion and that, mm. that kind of, you know, those flavors that it brings up. Yeah, you don't really get that. You can get a, a pale beer with a ton of hops up front anywhere these days. Yeah. Everybody makes a friggin' IPA, yeah. but nobody really takes the time to, I think, layer flavors like these beers. When you say malt complexion, are you yeah. talking about Sully's redness? The, like he's a well, ginger, and both. yeah, I, I think the description is that the beer this beer it's looks, modeled after Sully's SRM. Yeah, mm-hmm. like this beer it looks was. like Sully <laughs> standing out in the sun for five minutes. Dial that in. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this beer was is I, I look at it as uh, as my unofficial wedding beer. Because this beer, oh, I yeah. think, was debuted <laughs> at our wedding. We got, or my wedding, my, not our your wedding. wedding? Yeah, oh, wedding. At our yeah. wedding, yeah. I thought that was a secret. <laughs> the whole three-day weekend was just... We can talk just, about that, J- uh, uh, JP. Yeah. We, <laughs> it was just full of this beer. Right. So every time which I think Which explains about it, a lot. Which, that. It really does, at yeah. Least, at least that and lorazepam was really good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Like, JP, take more of this. We need to calm down. You're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> So great. <laughs> is is the beer he did, he did. back back or is it just a spring seasonal and so we need to stock up on it now? Ooh, good question, Warren. Eloquent. Thank you. <laughs> Great question, Warren. Uh, no, it's a seasonal. I mean, it's not a seasonal. It's actually part of the Insurrection series, which is our 10th year, actually. Um, so we're bringing that one back. We're actually also bringing back Hop Crisis and Monk's Blood. We're bringing back these old favorites. We're kind of doing a tweak on nice. Hop Crisis, playing around with some different hops. But uh, um, you know, this is... Uh, kind of a, a chance to sort of reflect on it. like we've been you know we've been canning we, the, the insurrection series is that sort of s- occasional series we do uh, about three times a year we've been doing that since 2009 um, so it's a way to kind of make a, a nod back to that yeah 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 nice I love it all right the other one I heard about here and I got to try it <laughs> Um, I wish I, I you, you know what I wish I brought some in with me and I, and I did great. you have to forgive me yeah, it um, be. but I like this we're talking about a beer you don't have well <laughs> it'll just you know what these you don't have beer there I'll just pretend like I'm like what yeah. <laughs> I've fired. had it I've yeah. had it and these two hardly matter anyways it's so true. you, and I, you yeah, know that um, I love you guys by the way um, Spark Ale Spark Ale. Yeah, is that how you yeah, say it? Spark Ale. Oh. So, yeah, this is... Uh, I keep seeing this, this online. This is... Uh, I'm excited about this. This was, um, you know, a project we've been working on for, I don't know, like six months now. Hmm. Um, you know, it's a sparkling rosé ale. Um, it's kind of a hybrid between a, a cider and a beer. Yeah. Um, and then it has... And then we um, we actually sweeten it with... Uh, with peach, cranberry, and uh, cherry juice. So, but what's interesting about so it's super refreshing. It's light. Um, color looks fantastic. It's actually close to the complexion of my skin as well. Okay, <laughs> which is lovely, by the way. We oh, should point out. That's a true. Here, unblemished. A Very refreshing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No spots or anything. No, he's a lovely man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like twenty five year old Sully. Um, <laughs> yeah, complexion Sully. Pink and ready to face the uh, world. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it really, it you know, it it, it it tastes a lot like a, like a cider. Um, 
And what's interesting is that you think like, all right, I'm going to sort of be able to pick out the peach and the cranberry and the cherry, but actually blending those all together really has kind of this uh, kind of wine character to it. Um, you know, all those different juices add different, you know, sort of nuances to it. And it's, um, I, I love it, man. I'm, you know, yeah. I, I, I like it over ice too, which is crazy. Um, it's like, you know, once it starts, you know, the sun comes out here in the Bay Area or wherever, wherever you are, I mean, it's a really great, it's a, it's a, it's a great, uh, a great drink to have. And, you know, okay, it does sound crazy to put it over ice here in the U.S. And, and I know it's not quite a cider you know it, it does have juices like a cider but it's really a beer as well but you know in in europe it is, it is not common uh, uncommon at all uh, to have your cider over ice and in fact mm. uh, yes when i was in ireland i remember asking because everywhere i went um and i ordered a cider they offered me uh, would you like that on draft or in bottle and it was always the same brand of cider uh, not at every place but but every place if they had a brand of cider they offered draft or bottle and i finally asked hey why did why do you have both in draft and bottle and they said well uh, those that like their cider over ice almost always want it out of the bottle mm. yeah, that's how they prefer oh, wow. that they that, that's why they Well i'm just it. weird that way i mean it's great you know on draft by itself um yeah. but i am you know, actually it's funny speaking of ice i was uh, years ago i was back in Thailand, and because it's so warm there, I had like, um, uh, what, what was it, Chang or, you know, some of the Thai beers back there, yeah. Yeah. and they'd serve them over ice all the time because it's so humid and hot, and I loved it, and I came back here, and I remember telling the staff, like, we need to put the, we were serving South Park Blonde back in the day, and I said, okay. we need to put South Park Blonde over ice, and everybody looked like, you know, like it was absolutely insane, like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, right. Get the guy away from here. Yeah, yeah, don't change our culture, it's not going to happen. The <laughs> last Now, I will yeah. admit, the last time I had beer over ice... I was about 16 years old, and it's because uh, I, it's what I had, and it wasn't in the fridge. So I was like, "Eff it, I'm going to pour it over ice and drink my Miller Light or whatever the heck it was." <laughs> I feel like uh, that was me like three uh, weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Now, uh, <laughs> while you were describing the beer, though, Sully, I will say that Bevo was waving her arms and saying, "This is my jam." Oh, this is my jam. Yeah, this is you, right? Uh, I love it. Yeah, my you buddy have like a like. You should have like a soundbite that just says "Bevo approved." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, my my buddy. Goes I love to it. I love you, Bevo. Thank you. England. You. He went to England uh, on like a soccer tour, and and he was looking forward to cider on ice. And he told me because the first time I had it, it literally changed my life. Oh, like it changed the way I drink cider. And now I'm <laughs> sort of still embarrassed, but I still go into bars here and ask for it on ice, and I never get it. But right. it was very disappointing to him, and it was the first time I had ever heard this weird thing. Yeah. Uh, Sully, are you going to have your team bring Spark Ale to, uh, to Springfest, do you know? Yes, it's absolutely going to be there. Good, good. I think it's the perfect, uh, you know, I, I know it might not be, it's not the official introduction, but I think that the crowd at Springfest is a, is a good crowd to bring that it's beer a spark, for. spark crowd. Uh, especially oh, it's, it's also yeah. a perfect day to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you say yeah, it pairs spark better? Spark Ale in the sun, Springfest, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Would you say it pairs better with Steely Dan or Michael McDonald? Good question, Beardy. Well, you know, it depends, you know, you gotta, you got, you know, those are great choices there. I, you know, you'd have to flip a coin. I, I would probably have to go with uh, McDonald. I would go Christopher okay. Cross all day long. Well, 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 see, considering I've never that's had the beer that Sully's very, very proud of. That's right? a, we don't have That's it. a yeah. different Christopher Cross is in his own uh, Yacht Rock category. Sure. Yeah. And the best one. I'm going to agree with Sully being the only one who's had the beer in the room. That's true. <laughs> the beer that Sully's very proud of. Right, yeah. It's it been pair, out for two months. It pairs really well with Michael. 
McDonald. Okay, well, okay. I'll take your I don't know if I'm a Steely Dan fan. I haven't got, I have not gotten on that train ever. P- Peg oh, and I, maybe a couple others are good, and otherwise it's a little too avant-garde for me. You know, I never could it's like, either. It's, just, it's like it was. Like, it was like it was recorded in like in space or something. <laughs> right. Just, yeah. Right. You know, like. He, he was the Jimi Hendrix I, I, of his I time. I can't get in, and, I, and I'm sorry if I'm offending you, please. But no, 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 and we are going to offend people here. And as a it's former Terrence's musician, band. Uh, it was always, like, Ew. almost required that I like Steely Dan, because they were like the jazz of rock and roll. Oh, sure. But yeah, I was like, fusion rock. I was like, I'm sorry, but it's just a Prog little rock, too maybe? avant shit for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being a musician and saying you have to, like, rush. I was always in that boat too. Uh, not not no, a thing. Yeah. No. Or Pink Floyd was always a thing. Or oh, Led Zeppelin. A, like well, you gotta, I mean, you gotta be, do that. Now you're getting fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Hold Fuck. the phone, Sully. Uh, will you put JP in his place? For yeah, me, just put quickly. me, put me in my JP, place, Daddy. JP, settle down. Settle Come here. Down. Yeah, <laughs> discipline me, Zaddy. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, different show. Okay. Different show. Oh, shit. That's Sorry. a mixtape show. That's Love Strong. <laughs> All right, go check out Toaster Pastry and Spark Ale wherever Two One A is sold. Mm-hmm. In your uh, are are they both uh, nationwide? You know, in all of your market releases, Sully. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's uh, Spark Ale's a year-round beer. Like I said, um, Toaster Pastry is just going to be out for a few months, um, but Spark Ale is here forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's here to Hell stay. Yeah. Go try it. It's it's really good stuff. I think you, you all are going to like it. You know, if you're a Disneyland fan, you can find 21st Amendment and uh, Disney California Adventure. What? Oh, really? There you go. Yeah, okay. that's right. I heard about that. El Sully, I think, right? <laughs> is, oh, that... is it El Sully? That's even better. Oh, wow. Right? That's pretty dope. Uh, yeah, yeah, when I was there, I couldn't get to an A. That's cool. Mm. Not that I'm going to go back. But those of you who do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is oh, that your doing, I'll JP? convince you to go back someday. Wait, Sully, do you have any other, like, weird, you know, locations? Yeah, I know you've been on, Legions? like, Southwest and Virgin. Oh, yeah. Like, any other, like, surprise locations people can find your beer? Right was, now? They was on the Titanic. You know, actually, um, <laughs> you can get it. Um, well, the whole the season has to start yet down at Shoreline Amphitheater here in the Bay Area. Oh, cool. Um, and we're kind of tied in with Live Nation now. Nice. So you're starting to see it sprinkled across the country at their venues. But, yeah, and it's in 19.2. You can get, like, El Sully, um, Hell or High Watermelon, Blood orange, brew free or die, and then regular brew free or die in nineteen point two ounce cans. And actually, you can you can get those around nice. stores as well. But at, at, uh, here at Shoreline, it's it's awesome. Wait, wait, wait! Now, so I know you're a music fan. Did you make that little partnership so you can get tickets to shows at Shoreline? <laughs> mm. Actually, you want to know that you got a second? This is this is a real quick but long story. So, uh, <laughs> what happened was there was this, this, this friend of mine who had this ticket that it, he wanted to give me to go see Wilco at uh, at, uh, at where was it the um, the Fillmore a couple years ago, oh. and so he couldn't he couldn't nice. transfer it to me. So he sent them a letter. He sent them a note and uh, was saying, "I can't do this. Why can't I do this?" And then the guy in charge of like the whole customer experience at um, at um, at Live Nation. Said, you know, got in touch with me and said, "Yeah, we'll take care of this. Don't worry." But hey, I want to talk to you about getting your beer in the bar, getting oh. your beer at the oh, venue, damn. and uh, it nice. kind of just all happened that way. And so last year was our first year um, at Shoreline. And oh, it was that's like, cool. It was almost like how we got on Virgin America. It was just like by a chance, like email, like, "Oh, I know those guys. Those guys are cool. Let's carry their beer." Love that. See, it's cool. It's so much cooler when it happens that way than like you know having a yeah, bed, it, you know knock down someone's door. <laughs> You know. Yeah, you got to be nice in this industry. That's the bottom line. You got to be nice and you got to be polite, and you know, and stuff comes back to you. And that's exactly yeah. what happened with both those uh, situations at Shoreline as well as at uh, Virgin.
Virgin America. I mean, it's just like, you know, things just happen. Well, you're one of the nicest guys we know, Sully. Yeah, so I true. think you're, you're right. <laughs> we'll, we'll take box seats at the shoreline whenever you have them. <laughs> the two and a box. I look forward to spending my own human dollars on this beer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a big country western lineup this year, by the way. Oh, perfect. Oh. Yes. Oh. Bevo's in. Spark okay. Ale and Tim McGraw. Like oh, yeah. my gosh. And, uh, Sully, call me. Everyone, race your <laughs> yeah. Spark we'll Ale cans and show solidarity right. to everybody in the union that what has ever lived. Mm. Polish your rhinestones. Toast your pastry. Here we go. <laughs> Don't be rude. Right. Right. Sully, Bevo's number is 510. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'll give it to him right now. Cowgirl up. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sully, thanks for uh, sharing your beer stuff with us. Yeah, I, dude. It's good to talk to you, and I'll see you Saturday. Yeah, you will. This is awesome. I haven't called in in a long time. Usually I'm there. Last time I called in, I think I was, like, drunk of the week. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But I did miss you. So when I saw it, well, I had had the Spark Ale a couple days ago, and I, I knew about the toaster pastry. Instead of just talking about it, I was like, oh, I miss Sully. Let's get him on the show. So thanks for making time. I appreciate that, my friend. Yeah, man. Uh, and let's have you in studio uh, soon as well. I, You know what I miss, Sully? Is I, I know we've had you on to talk about 2NA, but um, can I just get a little co-host? action out of you sometime soon? Just come do the show? Yeah, I would love to come in. You can just sit there. We don't even have, we can call me a different name. It doesn't have to be like Sean from the 2NA. It could be something else. I don't know. <laughs> no, do. no. It's, I, I just was thinking about you. Know, you used to do the FM show with me, and you've co-hosted this one, yeah. and, and I just want you to do that for a minute. So. You know what? I'll only do it, but under one 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 thing, though. you got to okay. do for me. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> You gotta quit smoking, man. Oh, oh that action, oh, hardcore. Damn. Let's go. Uh, there's something yeah. wrong with our connection, Sully. <laughs> Great to talk to you. Uh, yeah, Bye, Sully. Oh. Thank you. Oh, so weird. Uh, the phone just. I don't know what he was talking about, but too bad uh, we're never seeing him again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, thanks, Sally, for being on the program. JP, what was our Twitter game today? Let's get to those results, please. <laughs> well, our Twitter game was I wanted everybody to give us names or descriptors or whatever of male sexist beer. Oh, There's boy. a lot of female sexism going on. I don't really like it. And, and the good part is in craft beer, there's a lot of backlash against it. So these dumb... You know, I almost said the R word. Uh, are there, anyway, they're, they're, they're putting out uh, sexist beer labels. Dumb ridiculousness. We're trying to yeah. put it back. Okay. We're trying to bring it back. What did we get? Well, uh, people did okay. Chris Rogers says, uh, let's put Justin in his shitty attitude. <laughs> what? Apparently. Oh, uh, wow. wait a second. Well, I'll let you finish. There you <laughs> go. Uh, let's put Justin in his <laughs> shitty attitude naked on a label and cover his wiener with a hop cone and two grain husks. Broads would love it. Which I feel is, uh, you know, very ir- ironically broads, right? I don't like that one at all. Well, I know all Chris, of the aspects I don't like. Chris is like definitely starts, not a broads guy, but, yeah. you know. Now, I'm, just sure trying, to, I'm trying to dissect it to... Uh, get stuck on the shitty attitude. Uh, well, first of all... <laughs> I don't feel like I've had a shitty attitude for a long time now. Yeah, at it's least been a not couple on the, hours. At least not sure. on the program. <laughs> uh, hmm. Second of all, he's kind of dissing me there. But then yeah, well, by saying I would look good, you know, only partially covered, he and, and that women would like that, he's kind of giving me props at the end of it. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, Bebo, I don't need your fucking opinion. I'm sorry. Your yeah. fucking woman's opinion. <laughs> okay. What do you I, have I'm a woman? talking about yeah. the asshole's opinion. What's his name? Chris. Chris's opinion. Yeah. I was wrong. I, 
That's hot. Yeah. Thank you. God. What do you have? I mean, what, but he did say all it would take to cover you was a hop, a, cone, a hop cone and two grain husks. Oh, I that's see. not well, the right, most that's not the yeah. right. I sort of yeah. missed that part. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. so he's not on the list. Yeah, right. What's next? Uh, Brew Javs says uh, Limp Rod Hazy Lager. <laughs> I like Pretty that. on the nose. Okay. I mean, there you go. And then uh, David, just David, says a new limited release from Brewdog, Jockstrap, a big manly scotch ale sold with a matching ball hair koozie. Tastes malty sweet with a lingering aroma of locker room disappointment. Is that 140 characters? Yeah, I mean, it's 280 now, bro. It can be. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. I like it. Okay. So there you go, right? Yeah. All right, whatever. Uh, Adam Weaver says inadequate man, hazy IPA. I love that. <laughs> It'll, it'll sell, but never satisfy. Uh, we oh, found, yeah. We found a winner. That pretty good. good, right? Yeah. Uh, the brewer of Seville says the latest creation from the lab of another beardy screams sex appeal called the Beard of Seduction. Mm. It's a cream ale that explodes with a full head and bulbous amounts of protruding hop aromas, along with a thick, tasty amount of yeast that will have you coming back for more. Wow. Now, this is exactly the kind of, like, Instagram uh, beer culture that's out there right now, which is very scary, but, uh, so it's pretty accurate. Yeah, okay. Oh, cool, B. That's yeah. what they call me. They don't do that. Um, <laughs> don't ever do that again. Nobody ever does that. Uh, nobody would ever do that. Bracken they call you says, dickface. Uh, taint push triple. Okay. <laughs> a little callback to how Justin has to pee I these like days. That, yeah. Uh Ryan says Morningwood barrel aged barley wine. You'll feel good tonight, but it'll be an especially hard morning. Mm. <laughs> That's the best description, I <laughs> Pretty think. Good, That's right? like the most dad joke wiener joke ever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good, good, right? right? Yeah. Uh Mike Fitz says uh Peter's Big Wood Cream Ale. Not aged in wood, but shot all over it, causing big wood flavors with a limp, sleepy finish. Oh, God. Mm. I find it fascinating Mom. and maybe a testament <laughs> to this topic that we've yeah. gotten more participation from dudes than we've had on any of our other topics. That's true. Just There's pointing that out. The we, last one. We yeah. like to make phallic references as a, as a gender. As a gender, yeah. As a, as a, as a brain worm focused. Anyway, yeah. uh, and Andrew says, uh, this is the last but not least, dad bod pale ale. Ooh, just yeah. enough body to make those cargo shorts look good. Okay. Mm. Then yeah, well, you know, that's the most marketable. I, like that. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if there has if there's not already a dad bod pale ale. Yeah. yeah. Or a dad bod whatever. I'm going to look at Okay. Well, I'm going to eliminate Justin and his shitty attitude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our, friend, our old friends at Duclaw, they have a dad bod. Oh, they do? Beer, okay. Yeah. So let's eliminate that because it already exists. Okay. All right. Get out of here, Andrew. You um, I like Limp Rod Hazy Lager. Lager. I'm going to yeah. leave that in. Okay. All right. Um, Inadequate man. I that left one. that in, so I'm going to move. Uh, we're going to move jockstrap. Yeah, 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 for, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Inadequate man. Uh, what was the tagline again? Uh, it'll sell, but it won't satisfy. Uh, that's yeah. got a good tagline. Um, the beard of seduction. Yeah. It's all right. I mean, it is kind of really what I had in mind, but uh, yeah, okay, sure. Let's leave it in. <laughs> We could vote on it right now. Vote to keep it in or keep it out. Raise your hand if you want to keep it in. That's only Beardy. It's out. Okay. Right. <laughs> Hello, Poopy. Um, <laughs> you need to stop that right uh, now. Really, yeah, I really do. Taint push triple. I mean, that's an old, it's an old reference. All right, let's leave it. Yeah. Uh, okay, Morning Wood. 
Barley wine, is that what it was? Yeah. Again, yeah, I yeah. like the tagline. What was that again? Uh, you'll feel good tonight, but it'll be an especially hard morning. That's a good tagline. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Um, it's not my favorite. All right, uh, uh, raise your hand if you want to keep it in the running. Just me, it's out. <laughs> okay. It really uh, appeals to you as a, and, as a <laughs> internal... Yeah, you and your shitty attitude. True. <laughs> and, yeah, and morning where, wood. Can you that's, work on that? That's the word on the street, dude. <laughs> shitty attitude. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but... And then Big Wood Cream Ale. Peter's Big Wood Cream Ale. I know. I, I'll take it out. Okay. okay. All right. So that we have two in the running. All right. Limp Rod Honey Lager. <laughs> hazy Lager. Hazy, <laughs> hazy yeah, Lager. Hazy shitty yeah. attitude. <laughs> and uh, Inadequate Man. Hazy. It'll sell, but never satisfy. Did we not yeah. include Dad Bod? No. No, with the cargo okay. shorts. Yeah. Um, and did we, wait, did we, I thought we left Taint Push Triple in. Did we leave that? Or we took uh, I think we that? did, but, you know, to be honest with you, I think it's between those two. The first two. Yeah. All right, yeah so yeah. Limp Rod, Hazy Lager, or Inadequate Man sells Never Satisfy. Yeah. Uh, hazy right. IPA mm-hmm. is pretty good. All right. Raise your hand if it's for Limp Rod, Hazy Lager. It's unanimous. <laughs> Inadequate Man. Hey, Hazy IPAs. Yeah, It'll sell but never satisfy is our winner. Uh, get your shirt size uh, and other sizes if you want over to Bebo, <laughs> and she'll send you things for no, them. No, only send me your shirt, shop, sh- your shirt size and your address. Okay. I don't want any other sizes. You're no fun. <laughs> I don't want any other sizes. Uh, the distance between my top of my don't kneecap care. to my ankle is <laughs> five feet. Point four feet. I don't know. Oh. All right. We're going to get out of here. Thanks again to uh, Guinness, yep. Open Gate Brewery and Barrel House, and Ryan Wagner for being on the program and sending us beer. That was uh, very kind of you and, uh, and super enjoyable. Thanks to Sully for spending some time with us, too. And uh, thanks to all of you here in the studio for just oh. being you guys. Wow. You know? What is going on? I don't know. Are I'm you okay? He's overcompensating now. I'm yeah. dying. Okay. I just found out today. Oh, oh. my gosh. Stop it. No, I'm not yet. (laughs) Tomorrow. Um, Tomorrow, (laughs) though, maybe another story. Next week on the program, Allegory Brewing will be with us. Don't forget to get your tickets to Spring Fest and come hang out with us there this weekend. That's this Saturday the 30th. And uh, JP, ready to get us out of here? Yeah, man, sure. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Thanks again to Ryan Wagner from Guinness Open Gate Brewery in Baltimore, Maryland. You can go to guinnessopengate.com to learn more about everything they're doing out there in Baltimore. Merge your love of Disneyland with your lack of engaging podcast. Go to earsuppodcast.com as JP, Terrence, Bebo, and Taryn talk about all things Disneyland. Get on Twitter for some good beer insight and homebrew info. Follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew, Mike McDowell at Tasty McD. Warren is stuck over at Another Beardy. JP knows Twitter's dead, so he's on Instagram at Major Jip, and so is Bebo because she does everything he does, only slightly worse, at Beverly M. Moore. Be sure to find the Brewing Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. Baby, then I saw Just comes up my sky and wind.